We are. <clears throat> All right. You got a drink, and I got a drink, and boy, he's over there trying to get that chair just like he likes it. I'm good. Because we're live. Um, audio. Welcome, sound okay? We're well, loud? Welcome, Lunatics. You are. Am you I are, loud? I'm always loud. You're just a little bit loud. Good evening, Lunatics. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are coming at you live from the Wingate by Wyndham in Hurricane. We've uh, we've done an orientation today. We're getting ready to start another one tomorrow. We have our drinks. I mean, what else couldn't you want, right? Y'all buckle up. We're in the metro, the metropolis of Hurricane, West Virginia. Uh, we have alcohol. We have audience. We have a great hotel here that treats us like royalty, and uh, we've got a great audience out there. I've got a. We were we were live last night, impromptu live, right? It was a warm. Yeah, up. we went we went live on TikTok, which I'm trying to do again. I'm going to see if this will work. Let's see. Friday. <clears throat> Sometimes uh, I might need to Deverita. Sometimes our we 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 um which word I want to use. We are in violation of community standards sometimes. Well, last night it was main. It wasn't us. It was the commenters. Okay, yeah. Devery, here's your here's your mission. Take that over there, and 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 kind of get it to where it kind of aims at the both of us, and hopefully it will pick up. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll find out. Somebody will have to monitor uh, TikTok and see if they can even hear us. I was going to use our fancy little microphone, but the battery's almost dead on it from last night. So, uh, you didn't recharge them last night. Well, they were in the case, and I thought they were uh, they were recharging, but apparently not. So anyway, we we, we are desperate for a quality professional producer. Okay, as obvious as 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 you can tell with the quality of our of our broadcast here. So. Yeah. We get my producer we have now doesn't even charge the batteries up overnight. So I don't know what to do. I'm kind I'm of gonna, I'm gonna blame that on Larry Cawthorn because I bought what Larry told me to buy. Yeah. And what Larry told me to buy is a case that automatically recharges them and they were in that case all night long. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. All right, never mind. Please tell me that we're not talking to ourselves. Um Okay. We- we have, no, we're good. Uh, we're good. I thought maybe I I had started with the audio turned off again, but I did not. I actually did have audio. So now back to my comments about my producer. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> well, we didn't we didn't have much of a plan for not. You don't have to stand over and babysit that thing. It'll it'll be all right. What you might have to do though. <laughs> plug this up and ch- into that phone and charge it so that it won't go dead. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, all right, Mark Ely, I got coffee and 2,500 from Kentucky to Winchester, Virginia. What's that mean? I guess he got 2,500 bucks. I don't I don't know. What's coffee and 2,500 from Kentucky to, yeah, I guess he got 2,500 bucks okay. for the load. So, well, good for you, Mark Ely. It's John Ely. says, man, I need to get a hold of you guys. Well, John, that that's uh, that's easy to do. We're very easy to get um, a hold of. Yeah. If you go to either our YouTube or our TikTok, there's a link in bio. It has links to our website and to our emails. 
And uh, and it's there very uh, easy. It's there, literally there's a, over behind that thing. There's a there's a power strip there in that windowsill. There you go. It's easy. It's Larry at blueribbonlogistics.com or Chris at blueribbonlogistics.com. And if you want to get us both at the same time, just use loads at blueribbonlogistics.com. And we will both see them simultaneously. So it's yeah. easy to do. Well, some somebody go mm-hmm. check because I can't. My phone is over on this table over here. Somebody go look at the uh, at the TikTok and see if it makes any sense. If they can actually hear us, I have my phone's being used as a camera. So yeah, we're it. we're we're pretty much maximize mm-hmm. the use of all the equipment here. Somebody speak to us and it's on TikTok and tell us that we're live. Okay, so well, let me try. <clears throat> let me try this if it's logged out. If it will. What in the world is that? Oh, sorry. That's my stupid computer. Uh, anyway. Back to my producer comment, okay? Oh, gosh. Well, we, so we did, what did we do? Two and a half hours last night on TikTok we Live? Did. We did do two and a half hours. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was interesting um, that uh, we we get so many questions there because nobody knows who we are. And it's, it's an interesting discussion to have, especially in the light of one of the U.S. states being the first to ban TikTok, you know, because security. Um, it, it's almost like being on YouTube and Facebook now is just shouting in an empty room, you know, uh, where everybody's at TikTok. I mean, these that when you look at the views that one of these two and a half hour podcasts does on YouTube, and you look at the at the number of in, uh, the amount of engagement that we get on you on TikTok in two and a half hours, it's 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 10, 15, 20 times yeah. the amount of people that actually see it, and it and it's crazy. You know, we've been live on YouTube now for, gosh, two years at, at least, least at least at least two years. At least, and I mean, mm-hmm. we love y'all, and we're glad that you're here every week. But it's always the same ones. You know, it's always the same people. But man, I can go live on TikTok and instantly have a thousand, fifteen hundred people connected. It's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know? they're they're not always as friendly as you guys. Well, you're okay, that's one hundred percent. We we can't we, can, we tend 100% to we right. tend to stir it up a little bit. But and then we also because we don't necessarily have the same viewpoints about things that a lot of truck drivers do. We get accused of being brokers or. Uh, or a uh, fleet. I was accused of being a fleet executive. Like that's something that's detached. <laughs> from, they, they just, they don't believe that we actually drive trucks, you know, because you can't drive a truck and think the way you two do. So anyway, it's fun. Somebody asked last night, why are we always defending ourselves? Cause you make us defend ourselves. Okay. <clears throat> Y'all require it. You require a daily dose of defense. Um, but anyway, we enjoy doing it. Um, I got a new plan. You have a plan? Well, I'm going to try. What are you struggling with over there, by the way? Well, I was trying to. Uh, there we go. We'll try something different here. While he's doing that, we have got. Um, we, had, we have a great weekend. We've got two of our our drivers are here that are moving up from phase two to phase three. Okay. So uh, they're here for the um, the training for to start phase three of our program. And then we've got two new folks coming tomorrow. And then we've got uh, one of our new guys, newer guys, that's here for kind of a refresher. Uh, he's getting ready to go from dry van to uh, flatbed, step deck. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So he's here to get the trailer. And so we're going to do a little retouch with him tomorrow. But anyway, it's exciting. We've got, uh, we got two new guys starting the program tomorrow. Um, a, um, a, a, just a, a flat out recruiting message. We do have two trucks open. We still, we got, we got two more trucks that we have not seated yet. Uh, so as you're listening tonight, if you want to know more about what we do, ask the questions or better than that, go to what, uh, blue ribbon logistics.com and, uh, look at the masterclass program 2023 and all the, all the information's there. But if you like what we do, you like how, what we say, that sort of thing, come join us because we have, do have, um, a couple of available seats for you. So, yeah, we got some, we're going to have some news a little bit later tonight. We'll talk about, so we got some exciting things to talk about tonight. Um, Let's, uh, can we, uh, why don't we bring the banner up and want me to talk about our sponsor for a second Yeah, let's here. do that. Uh, uh, since they pay us to do this, we probably ought to, you know, <coughs> give them, give them what they ask for. You guys know I've been in, uh, involved with Pittsburgh Power as a customer since 2009. One of the very first modifications I did to the truck that I bought was uh, put the OPS uh, oil purification system. I have to I have to remember that I can't say OPS because most people don't know what it is. Yeah. Not most, but some don't. And they go, what's an OPS? So it's a bypass oil filtration system. We have an entire episode or two on this, uh, on, on the OPS system. Yeah. So 108 and <clears throat> uh, 108 is the one that explains the system in detail. Right. And I think 158. But to give you a little tease, the truck that I put the system on, uh, has now 1.85 million miles on it. It's a Mercedes motor. They're known to be about a six to 800,000 mile engine before needing an end frame. Uh, mine's not had any end frame. Okay. It had, it had some heads repa- replaced under a, call, a week recall, uh, but nobody's been into the motor. Uh, it's had four oil changes in its life. None of those oil changes were asked to be, were required by the lab sample. They were they were just experiments on my part with trying different oils and different weights and stuff like that. So did the OPS make it last 1.85 million miles? I don't know. I can't say it didn't. Uh, I can't say positively it did, but I don't know any other Mercedes motor that's gone 1.85 million <laughs> miles without no. having one or two in frames. So, um, but if you'll, st- if you'll learn, if you'll look into the OPS, you'll see why it really does because every day you start out the day with fresh oil. And so the truck never had a, a dirty oil in it as long as I owned it. So anyway, I'm a big, big fan of that product. Uh, that product now is owned by Pittsburgh Power, which made it a natural partnership for us. And, of course, now when, we, when the trucks that we have that are EGR or even our couple of our Cascadias that we're experimenting with on the Lunatic v- version 2, uh, we now are uh, Max Mileage uh, Fuelborne Catalyst customers. And uh, we're a big fan of that product as well. So... It was a natural thing. We, we kind of attracted to each other about a year ago and uh, we've been proud to bring them, uh, to, to, to present those guys to you every week and, uh, and uh, sing their praises because we truly believe in the product. One of the things that Chris and I decided to do here early on is we're, we don't take just random sponsorship. If we don't believe in the product and we don't think it's something that's worthwhile, we don't do it. Mm-hmm. especially when it comes to products, you know, and we had some offers and we had a guy, some guy wanting to make, have a sell coffee and all this kind of stuff. It, you know, it's, it's just not, you know, Chris looked into the, to the, where the charity money goes and it, no, nah, it was not, it was no, well, problem. that, that <clears throat> just in case they're here, their charity wasn't a problem. Okay. It was another charity 
that I looked into because I always look into these people because I don't take anything at face value. <clears throat> I can't leave nothing alone. I can't enjoy nothing, you know. <clears throat> well, anyway, we passed them, so they went to Dave Nemo. They were on David Nemo's show for a long time. So, but anyway, that beside the point. Um, so anyway, that's uh, we'd like to again thanks thank Pittsburgh Power. Uh, you guys, if you would, uh, you know, obviously patronize them, uh, the products that we talk about, or any other diesel performance product. They have a wonderful shop. They have at least three electron, electrical engineers on staff. So these are the guys that can fix electrical problems. It's and even in, in your ECM. You know, they don't, uh, they have the knowledge. They have the wherewithal. And, of course, they're a great Detroit shop. They're a great coming shop. And um, so anyway. Kudos to Pittsburgh Power. Thanks for being our sponsor. I've got um, I've got some maintenance stuff that I could I could bring up here and and talk to y'all about. Um, we've been chasing a a problem, uh, and I'd never experienced this, but I can remember back in the day having Kevin talk about what happens when you end up with a cooling system full of oil. It's always been the oil cooler because you have an oil system that's running about 50 PSI up against a cooling system that's about 12 PSI. And so when that, cool, that oil cooler fails, the pressure of the oil overrides the pressure of the coolant, and you get end up with a cooling system full of oil. So we had that happen, I don't know, it's been three or four months ago. And as soon as the driver reported, hey, my coolant is black, I went, uh-oh, I know what's happened. So we brought the truck in. And we confirmed that the oil cooler was indeed bad. We did a pressure test on it and bubbles flew out of it. We're like, oh, we absolutely have a bad oil cooler. Uh, we replaced the oil cooler. We put the truck back in service. And about two or three weeks later, we had a little bit of oil show up in the coolant. And I had a talk with the shop. And he was like, well, man, it, you know, we flushed and flushed and flushed and flushed, but maybe there was some residual oil that we couldn't get out in the flush and it's made its way to the top in the reservoir. So we drained the reservoir, put about a gallon of coolant in it and then continued to drive it another two or three weeks. And in a, in a completely, what I believe is an unrelated matter, a heater hose ruptured, um, you know, just a little one inch silicone hose had ruptured and I sent a guy out to fix it. It wasn't a big deal. And he says, Hey man, you realize this cooling system is full of oil? And I'm like, oh, mm. come on now. So we got the truck back here. And I mean, as far for those of for the nerds that are listening like me that love this, these kinds of details. Okay. Let me give you, let me give you some date, some data that that's going to mess with your mind. Mm -hmm. The truck presents mm -hmm. one gallon low of oil. We have a couple hundred thousand miles of tracking on this truck, and it has never consumed oil. It has never consumed oil so much that it was about to be a candidate for a new product that Pittsburgh Power is going to release with base. We're going to test it on this truck because our base numbers went low because we were not replenishing oil. This, this engine was so tight that it was not consuming oil. So the, so the truck shows up one gallon low of oil. We dump some coolant out of it, put it in a five gallon water jug. And it, once it settles and the, and the coolant went to the bottom and the oil went to the top, it was 50, 50. So we're one gallon low, but we've got an, a cooling system that is half oil and half coolant. Well, the cooling system holds 10 gallons. 
So you can imagine that we're baffled. Where did all this oil come from? Why is the truck only a gallon low? The drivers have not reported they've added any oil to the truck. It's a gallon low, but it's got five gallons of oil in the coolant. But the only thing that made any sense was that we had a bad cooler again. Because any other place in the engine, the air compressor, the injector cups, the head gasket, a cracked head, uh, leaking uh, cylinder seal, uh, 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 what? Not cylinder. Um, sleeve. Sleeve. Sleeve seal. Sleeve seal. Uh, yeah. No, not sleeve. Injector cup. No. Well, yeah, I'm out of I'm out of ideas. Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm thinking my drink's working on me a little bit. Um, I wish you could see what he's drinking, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> looks like, it looks like diabetes. Well, somebody will help to me. me so. <laughs> somebody will help me. No, it, there's, not a lot of, there's not much sugar in there. It's mainly liquor. Um, Alcohol is sugar, okay? So liner. Thank you. See, Chris Dolan, bless his heart. Liner <laughs> seals. Anyway, anytime you have oil and coolant intersect, you're going to have coolant in oil, not oil in coolant. Okay. So we're trying to figure out how to test this cooler because nothing else makes sense. If this cooler is good, there's something catastrophically wrong with this engine that no, I was on the phone with Pittsburgh power at Bruce and um, Brian at Pittsburgh power. And I had a conference about this and they're like, God, if man, if it's not the cooler, we don't know what else could be possibly wrong. Well, I took the cooler up to the Detroit shop cause they have some tools to, uh, or supposedly had some tools to test this cooler, give it a more rigorous test because the first test we did, it passed. It did not show any leaking. And we're like, man, we are, we're really in trouble here because this, this cooler tested it, it passed the same test that the old cooler failed. Well, I took it up to the Detroit shop and apparently they just filled it up with a chemical and left it up out overnight. And when they came in this morning, there was fluid everywhere because the cooler had leaked. So on the, on the happy side, we have confirmed that we have a bad cooler out of the box and that we don't have something catastrophic going on in this engine. Now, fingers and toes crossed that the new cooler that we got to replace the new cooler that replaced the bad one is not all so bad, but we're about to slap this truck back together. But this is an illustration of how you just can't ever quit. You just have to keep going. You have to be relentless you have to say, okay, I hear what you're saying, but does it make sense? And I, I talked to Detroit, you know, a seasoned Detroit mechanic. I talked to Pittsburgh Power. I talked to everybody that I could talk to, and we all agreed it just doesn't make sense. Well, finally, we have a, a diagnosis that makes sense. And I want to stress to y'all that the only reason that I know a lot of this stuff is because I've walked down these paths. I've, 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 of course, I've been around enough good people like Carl that had that common sense kind of approach to it that, you know, <clears throat> listen, if it walks like a duck and squawks like a duck, it, it's got to be a duck, okay? It just has to be. But, <clears throat> you know, you've got to take your time. You've got to think it through. I mean, I was getting ready to redneck together my own, uh, 
pressure testing apparatus. I mean, I was going to set this son of a bitch on fire and I was going to put 120 PSI on it. And I'm like, by God, we're going to find out if this thing's going to leak or not. You know, listen, you can't say publicly that you're going to set something on fire that's insured. Okay. So he, we the didn't cooler, say, we didn't not say the, whole not truck, the truck, not the truck, just the cooler. Right. Now tomorrow morning, the truck burns to the ground. Guess what? <laughs> <clears throat> it was him insurance fraud people. It was him. Okay. Not me. Listen, I'm not going to say that I ain't been tempted. Okay. Especially with some of these new trucks. It's like, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a lighter, um, there's just been so many times that, well, and we had it on a truck that was, it was one of the, uh, one of our podcast listeners that went to, went to Chris Dolan's this week and had a low power issue. He had a bad turbo. He had a, a charger cooler that was pouring. We fixed all that. I went on a test drive with him and I look over and the thing still won't run right. You know, gets up to 1500 RPMs, just sits there. And I'm like, why will this thing not go bobtail? And I look over and I had put a scan gauge in for him. And I look over and wide open throttle, the scan gauge says 58%. And I'm like, hmm, we've got a problem. We went back, pulled the, pulled the accelerator out of it, put another accelerator in. Now, all of a sudden, he's got 100% of his throttle response. Uh, I, I said, listen, you better watch out. That thing's going to snap your neck when you step on it. You got a new turbo, new charge air cooler, and an accelerator pedal that works. You better hold on, Hoss. <clears throat> <clears throat> but that's, you know. That's what it takes. Well, here's uh, Nivens in the house. I saw that. <clears throat> Have you guys had any EGR cooler issues, and what does it look like? I think I might be dealing with one, but I'm not sure yet. The only cooler issue that I've had was, well, generally, what I have, what I've always heard. If you have an EGR cooler issue, I mean, all it is is it's really kind of a radiator if you really kind of get down to the brass tacks because the the exhaust the hot exhaust gases from the EGR are sent down into the cooler and then the cooler is kind of a big radiator that has fluid running through it to cool those gases before they're sent up and across the engine back into the intake right well the only real failure that you can have with an EGR cooler is a fluid leak that deterioration inside that would allow that coolant to escape, or I guess the other way to allow the boost to escape into the cooling system. So I guess it's theoretically possible that you could have a uh, combustion in the coolant, which would pressurize your cooling system, causing the, uh, it to override the cap and push coolant out. Uh, but what I've always heard is if you check the uh, crossover tube, and you find any coolant residue inside that tube that runs across the engine over to the intake, then that tells you that your the that the the radi or the uh, coolant radiating part of your cooler has failed, and basically what your engine is doing is eating coolant. You're losing. You're having to add coolant to the truck. You can't find external leaks. You don't know where it's going. Uh, and, and what's happening is when that thing boosts up, goes into EGR mode, uh, and it puts boost into that uh, cooler, then then that uh, then that coolant's getting in there. Or, like I said, uh, conversely, it's pressurizing your cooling system yeah. and causing it to go out mm -hmm. the overflow. Yeah. So it depends on which one of the two it's presenting with. The cooling system has about a 15 PSI maximum pressure. 
obviously the turbo is going to be way more than that. So the turbo is going to win. It's going to push the turbo gases into the coolant and you're going to have bubbles coming out of the reservoir. I think so. When I had a drop <clears throat> liner on my truck, um, I was losing coolant out the overflow. And so I took the overflow hose and ran it into a gallon jug that I zip tied to the radiator support and I could climb a hill and fill a gallon jug with coolant. Mm -hmm. And I milked it for 10, mm -hmm. I milked it for 10,000 miles before it finally came apart. And I would, cause I had that really light load of windows that I would take across I 68 up in uh, Massachusetts, New York. And then I had a load of glass that I would bring back from Geneva, New York, back to West Virginia. Well, I learned how to manage throttle because I knew I had to keep the boost down to keep from blowing all my coolant out. Mm -hmm. And which is kind of what helped me be the fuel mileage guy that I am today. Uh, because I just learned how to be so gentle on that throttle because if I mashed it to the floor, the coolant was going to leave the chat, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then I would, I'd, I'd, I'd fill it up and I'd empty it back into the top. And there was one time I stopped at the TA in Erie. And you would have to be so, there's a lot of pressure in that cooling system. And I'd be so gingerly trying to, to take that cap loose to let the pressure off so that I could, you know, add cooling or whatever. Well, there was a reefer beside me and I couldn't hear when it started to hiss. So I went too far and buddy, that cap shot up and hit the canopy. Um, I'd like to never found it because it, it hit the canopy and then it bounced off the roof of my truck, rolled down and, and when all and it shot coolant straight up to hit the lights underneath the canopy at the and I think I drove it another two or three thousand miles like that before before it finally let go. William says you became the number two fuel mileage guy. Oh, <laughs> come on now. Hey, you that's shut true. your mouth. He got seven miles per gallon plus out of a classic that Chris could never Listen, get more than six out of. So I'm not worthy. It's okay. true. It is absolutely I, true. I William, am not worthy. William Haynes is the OG. Uh, fuel mileage guy in our program ever. I don't think he'll ever be a caught. I don't know what he did. Phil thinks he just coasted downhill all the time. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> or he was just buying a bunch of fuel, you know, and not telling us. Um, yeah, I don't think that happened. But. Here's a good question <clears throat> from Matthew. Now, Anique's, Anique said this right. Monzi's? I think she said it right. She got complimented. Um, do you guys have a ranking as far as aero goes for lunatic trucks? The T600 <clears throat> is the OG aero truck, and there are others like the 377 Pete that seem to be somewhere in the middle, but no data. Why, that is that is 100% accurate statement. The T600 is the OG aero truck. It was the, I want to say, uh, some of you PACAR fanatics can correct me, but I want to say 91 or 92 might have been as late as 94 when the T600 came out and everybody hated it. I think they look cool. Um, but the T the Kenworth T600 came out as an aerodynamic truck. Um, now of course it was out there alongside the FLD, but the FLD didn't, I mean, it never really did get all that aerodynamic. It was better than the classic. Um, and then 377, the 377 Pete, 377 Pete's were actually an interesting animal because there were some fleets in the, I want to say the early 2000s, maybe late 90s, that 
<clears throat> and you used to see them all the time, but they're, they're almost non-existent anymore. But it was a 377 Peterbilt with sloped fenders, didn't have the, the big stick-out headlights, didn't have the air cans, didn't have the stacks on the side, had a big air dam on top that was as tall as a sleeper. Um, and so it looked like a Peterbilt. It was, it was ugly. But it was compared to a 379, it was incredibly aerodynamic. And there were a bunch of them that had Detroit 12.7s in them, right? And so I remember, because I remember Kevin talking about this, what, probably in the mid to, mid to late 2000s when everybody started switching gears and going to direct drives and all that stuff, trying to save fuel mileage. The 377 for the Packard guys was really one of the most sought-after trucks because sitting inside, you were in a 379. Looking at it from the curb, you know, it was an ugly 377. Um, yeah, T600, I, that's what I was thinking, 87, 88, 89. So it came out in that time, and it was revolutionary for, for what it was at that time. Um, and I have seen a handful, well, they're hard to find, but I have seen a handful of T600 studios uh, with a 12.7 Detroit with the big tall air dam. And I would, I would believe that they would compete with the Columbia centuries on their aerodynamics. Here's the problem. Good luck finding parts for them at this point, you know, because you're talking, I mean, 87 doesn't seem that long ago to me, but 87 was a long ass time ago. Um, so even back to 2000, 2001, what was the last year that you could get a Detroit in a PICAR? 02? Had to 02? be, had to be 01 because that's when they sold, um, that's when they were bought by uh, uh, by uh, Daimler Daimler Benz, and so they no longer were sold sell to their competitors. Yeah, it must have been a so it had to be an 01, 01 or early O two. Well, O one you could get it, O two you could not. So, so <clears throat> you know, if you wanted, like, if you were just, I need to have a T six hundred or three seventy seven, you're looking at two thousand one. I mean, gosh, good luck, guys. I mean, they're it, it needle in a haystack. But again, remember. Why are we in this? For the money, okay? We're in this to manage risk, to spend as little as possible. I mean, you, can, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a, a Freightliner Columbia or Century. When you're looking for a truck that is a needle in a haystack, you're going to pay dearly for it, especially get find one that somebody knows what they've got and it's in good shape. Um, you're going to pay a fortune just to acquire that truck. Um, and then you have to maintain it. And the, the Peterbilt or the PICAR uh, parts and service network is an absolute Good nightmare. luck with that, yeah. yeah. Will you close that door over there for me? <clears throat> so, I, I agree. I mean, as an old school trucker, I love the T600. I think it's a cool looking truck, especially because you could get a T600 with a studio um, so you had the nice driver comfort. You had the big, long wheelbase. They handled like a dream. They ride good. They handle good. Like they checked every box that you wanted them to check. But if Daimler would have not gotten Detroit out and you could get an 04, 05, 06, like with a 14 liter, oh, hell yeah. I'd be all over it. But they're just almost impossible to find now. I have a TikTok question. <clears throat> Any idea the cost to replace oil cooler on a two set 2007 ISX and coolant system flush out? 
So if Chris, if Chris, uh, if Chris Dolan is still watching this, maybe he can give us a. Uh, let's let's explain who Chris Dolan is, shouldn't we? We probably should. He, Chris <clears throat> Dolan, is the owner, operator, chief cook, and bottle washer of Cam's Service Center in now, Dunbar, West Virginia, which is now, just outside. Don't leave out the M part of that. I'm cam getting. I'm getting right. to the M. Okay. I don't. Well, I ain't gonna you, leave the M out. You don't build him up too big, okay? Because <laughs> we know who's running the no, show. Absolutely, we know who's the boss there, okay? So. <clears throat> Dunbar, <clears throat> West Virginia, which is just outside Charleston. Um, Chris got a small shop. He's got a, you know, he's got a handful of, of good guys. Um, and just like this, chasing this thing this week, you know, we just we just kept chasing it down. You know, um, he's got twenty four hour road service. Um, you know, super duper guy. The M in Cam's C A M is for Margie, and Margie's the boss. Okay, let's just all be honest. No about question. Who's, about who's who's in charge? No question about it. He and he's smart enough guy to admit that. You know, so. But yes, uh, Cam's uh, in Dunbar. You know, we um, and again, I, I, I don't want to make him sound like he's second fiddle because he's not. But we were, you know, we had Carl. We didn't. We weren't. We didn't need anybody. We had. We had. We had the OG. Okay. But then when Carl's health started sliding, we had to find somebody that we could go to, and you know, it just it just stumbled upon um, uh, Chris and Margie, and we've really come to really, 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 um, you know, love working with them. Great people, uh, very fair. We had a, a podcast a listener there this week, and we heard about it today. I mean, and, and it was you know, Chris worked on that truck all week. And uh, charge the guy like nine hours labor, you know what I mean? So <laughs> now I'm not saying that that's the deal you're going to get. And he's probably going to kill me for saying that, but he's Well, fair. the big thing he's is fair. he did, he didn't try to kill the guy. No. You know, no. um, Chris, Chris, yes, we need to change the oil filters. And no, I did not bring an OPS filter. And I will correct that error. I've got one. Well, I had one sitting over here on this tape. I don't know what happened to it, but yes, we need to change everything on that truck. Um, but like we like I said, we had a we had a question on TikTok about you know changing a, doing an old an old cooler on an ISX and and flushing out the cooling system. So if you if you wanna if you wanna throw a number out there, we will we will let these folks know. Right. Hey, there's a guy named Muhammad on TikTok that says he loves this broadcast. So we do too, Muhammad. Glad you're in good company. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> um. Oh gosh, <clears throat> that went down the wrong hole. <sighs> yeah, that's what happens when you drink all that sugar. <laughs> uh, what do you, Christopher Sickles? What do you recommend as a good starter truck that's an automatic? Hmm. We don't. Well, <laughs> there's a there's a problem in your question. Okay, here's here's the answer to your question. If you want to be in business as an owner operator. You'll be better off to spend the money to get the automatic transmission restriction that I assume you have off of your license than try to find an automatic truck because the risk level that you will encounter with an automatic truck is going to be so great that it would be much more worth your while. And there is a guy in West Virginia, I'm trying to think, give me a minute. I, it's CDL assist or CDL fix or CDL something in Southern West Virginia. I've talked to him. It's been a couple of years. 
but I had a conversation with him about this and I at least know that it's possible that you have to, there's some hoops you have to jump through, but if you have an automatic transmission restriction on your license and that's, what's generating this question. Now, if you're just a candy ass that don't want to shift gears, I, I can't help you. Um, it is CDL assist. Somebody, somebody, it is CDL assist. Um, Call that guy. He he has the experience. Now, I don't know if you're not in West Virginia. I don't know if he can help you. I don't know. But I do know that there is a procedure that you can go through to get the automatic transmission restriction removed from your license, which is evil and immoral and should not be allowed to happen, but that's a whole other discussion. Zot, you need to call the CDL assist and tell him that he needs to sponsor the podcast. He's gonna get that's a fantastic up. idea. So See, that's I'm the numbers guy. He okay? is the numbers guy. You know, he just talks and talks and talks and talks. I'm the one that has to pay the bill. So, um, yeah, this this CDL, I mean, this uh, automatic restriction, that, that's 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 shameful. Uh, if you're listening to us and you have not gone to CDL school and you're looking at getting into business, please do not go to a CDL school that only allows you to get an automatic um, CDL because you're 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 just shooting yourself in the foot. You know, it's forcing you to buy a truck that you really don't want to have as your first truck. And it's key. It just robs you of all the opportunity uh, that. I'm talking to TikTok. Go ahead. They can't hear you on TikTok. Can't hear right? me. Yeah, because I don't have the microphone stuff working. So, see what I put up. Back to that producer thing again. Okay. Listen, hey, you you let me go wild on the American Express card. I'll fix every problem you got. I think okay? we need somebody else's expertise on the American Express card. Okay. Well, if 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 TikTok wasn't such a pain in the ass and let us have they don't like the you, ability TikTok, to okay? they, you stream, make, you make people mad on TikTok. Well, they kick you off all the time. I've watched there that. are people that um, that broadcast on TikTok using Restream. We just we just don't have the special super secret sauce uh, to be able to do that. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to try to turn on these microphones and see if this will work. All right and um, purple yeti so does it actually i need to click that so it does yeah. it actually come down to how much risk we're able to tolerate when running on that yeah i mean look you're we, if you're if you're listening to us and you do what we say we don't want you to go in debt to buy a truck so that means you've got to buy a truck that you can pay cash for well just like the emission systems the early automatics were not reliable they put a lot of people out of business just because they're they're not you they can't they couldn't be fixed reasonably and so why take on that risk for no reason at all? It just, it's one more level of risk that you don't have to have to start in business and, and be in, 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 stay in business. So no, we don't recommend it. Now, if it's, if you're not starting out and you want an automatic because you like, you know, not shifting or the luxury of it or, and you're paying cash for the truck, oh, more power to you. Everybody's got to remember, you got to keep in mind, there's an overriding, um, uh, policy that we have here and that policy is that our market the people whose advice we are giving to are people that are first time owner operators buying their first truck so keep that in mind so in this situation no there's no way we recommend you to get an automatic truck uh, because again you're assuming risk that you don't need to assume it's hard enough to stay in business with minimum risk so right. why add more risk to the equation so that's the that's the reason why we don't recommend that so well, <clears throat> listen, 
I, I, we have an automatic truck that we brought into the fleet and I drove it one, I drove it from the TA and hurricane up to Chris's shop <clears throat> and about, you know, I don't know. What is it from exit 39 to exit 50? It's 11 miles. Okay. About six miles in, I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm 47. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, man, this, this, this is, this is nice. This is cushy. This is, I could probably, and then the mother, it, son of a bitch just shut off. For no reason, it just, boop, like you turn the key off, and on the shoulder I go. And then it starts back up, and then it shuts off again, and then it starts back up, and it shuts off again. And I'm like, okay, just to hell with it. Give me an automatic, I mean, give me a manual and a 25-year-old truck that won't just shut off for no reason. You know, so right when the minute, it almost had me. It almost had me thinking, man, you know, this, this, this shift in gear stuff is kind of for the birds. And but, then it just quits for no reason. You but know, you're also not a new owner operator buying your first truck. Correct. That's the difference here. Okay. We're not trying to preach to people who've got established businesses. I don't care what you buy as long as you can afford it, but affording it includes not just making the payment, being able to handle the risk. So and again, that's that's our opinion. So uh, somebody uh, somebody realized that there's a truck for sale. Okay, it's on here. You may want to buy a truck. Looks like it's potentially a lunatic truck, but we don't know much about it. <laughs> like <clears throat> like most truck ads, the things that are important are not listed there. <laughs> Whoa, <Uh-oh. clears throat> what happened? Somebody just went away. Me? Yeah. Well, you might have to refresh your browser. Um, <laughs> I love this username, Bugatti the Trucker. <laughs> Um, there he is. He's back. Um, 2000. Well, and he went away again. All right. Uh, 2003 Freightliner for sale. Okay. Bugatti to trucker. Here's what I want you to, I want you to understand. I need to know what, well, I know what motor it's got and it should have a, it should have a 127 Detroit at 2003. I need to know what rear end gear ratios in it. I need to know what transmissions in it. I would like to know what final drive is in that transmission, but it's not absolutely necessary. Um, uh, I would like to know, is it, well, it's not deleted cause it's 2003. I'd like to know, do you have any paperwork on it? It, cause we're always fascinated when people say, man, we got 300,000 miles on an end frame. Awesome. Let me see that paperwork. Oh, I lost it. <clears throat> well, I listen, I've got every damn receipt we've ever, you know, I've got them all. Especially one that cost in excess of $15,000. I'm always amazed at all these in frames. I can't find that receipt. Yeah. I spent 15, 20 grand. I don't have a receipt for it. So Um, that's a little shady. So Bugatti is, yeah. Send us an email. BRLS, Bravo, Romeo, Lima, Sierra podcast at gmail.com and let us know about it. And, and, And maybe we'll, you know, one of the lunatics here. Um, Hey Luke, I have good news. It ain't your truck. Um, it was another guy's truck. (laughs) That's true. Now. Okay. Full disclosure (laughs) on these Cascadias, there is a little box on the firewall called a P N D B Papa, Nancy Delta Bravo. It's some Mm -hmm. sort of distribution box. It's about this big and it costs about, I don't know, 350 bucks, 375 from the dealership. This is what causes these trucks to shut off. I learned this on YouTube Um, because you'll be driving along, driving along and it shuts off and it clicks and then it starts up and it shuts off and it clicks and it starts in. 
but it's this it's this distribution box it's got like three lugs on one side and some fuses and switches in it um and so we fixed it you know and it's and it's fine but you know it's just kind of a funny way of telling that story that right about the time this thing had me convinced that I might like to drive an automatic it reminded me all the reasons that I don't want any damn thing to do with it um uh here so niven's got a question how are you guys running wait a minute how are we running how are we running the scan gauges okay there's an unnecessary question mark (laughs) how are you guys running the scan gauge cables in your trucks where the port is next to the door and not under the dash uh okay in a century columbia c120 i take the plate up where the you know where the like the door plate where you step on threshold the threshold and take that up take those three screws up. Seal seal plate, plate, thank you. Mm-hmm. take that plate up now if you have the century that has the um the tilt over on the air switch you pull that yellow knob off and there's a clip in the side you can pull that clip out and you take that panel that kick panel and you turn it like this you pull the back, the bottom back, and the front forward, and that whole panel will twist out and remove itself. And well, then you remove the door, so you pull the door seal back, and then that whole panel that down beside the windshield, that will pull out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then on the left side of the steering wheel, there's two switches. Usually it's utility light and your override shutdown. And there's a plate that goes around it. It just pops off. It's got two clips. You pop that clip off. There's one T25 screw underneath that vent on the left side of the dash take that t25 screw out if it ain't already broke guarantee it's already broke (laughs) or missing then grab that whole vent and yank and that whole vent will come out in one piece on that left side of the dash that allows you room to run that that scan gauge wire from the ecm diagnostic port underneath the seal plate up beside the dash and back and then flip it over to where it's coming out by the windshield. Then you take and put the vent back, put the screw in. That's probably unnecessary because it's already broke. Put the put the side piece in beside the windshield. Put the clip back on around the switches. Twist your other thing reverse like this. Back uh, top, back and bottom, boom, back in. Set that down. Put your little switch back on. Put your seal plate on. Put the three screws in it. Good to go. It still does stick out. You can get you. It's kind of in the way. What I did was I took the two screws out that held the receptacle there out, and then when you plug the scan gauge in it, I pushed the whole thing down in the hole, so the both of the the, the receptacle right. and the scan gauge were now recessed you can back that, in that yeah. hole, and that way you're not kicking it and knocking it loose all the time. You've basically got <laughs> just a, just enough cable. Yeah, I mean. But you can get uh, that's just a um, a uh, uh, RJ, Ethernet. Yeah, yeah, it's like an RJ something nothing connector. You can actually get an extension cord if you need it. So <clears throat> I like this one. I know this might be a broad, vague question, but speaking of risk, when is it good to take risky business decisions? Situ- Wait a minute. When is it good to take risky business situations? When you can afford it. When you, you have a million. Lose the money. <laughs> when you have a million dollars. It's like going to Vegas. When you can afford to flush it down the toilet and yeah. not blink, you're fine. Until then, I don't highly recommend you not do it. So, 
Uh, on tick, I'm answering a t- question on TikTok. Is that the box that was next to the impossible to get to people were stealing? No. Um, on the on the Freightliner, there is a CPC, Charlie Papa Charlie. There's a CPC in the dash that does something. I don't know what. This is on the firewall under the hood. It's just a it's just a damn fuse box, basically, is all it is. And then it decides to freaking go haywire. And shut the damn truck off and start it and off and on and off and on and off and on until it'll drive you to drink. Um, so that's a TikTok question. Um, <clears throat> I have one more TikTok question from Muhammad. 2018 T680 Kenworth. I'm getting hard time with DPF system. Is it worse to buy forced DPF regen? <sighs> well, well, Muhammad, let me answer it this way. Find a vendor, you're running a, a 2018, find a vendor that will do a diesel force cleaning or DPF alternatives. DPF alternatives, you're going to have to have a shop involved because they've got to take parts off and take it to the DPF cleaning alternatives people. The diesel force cleaning people, they plug a machine up and they flush all of the soot and all of the dirt out of your emission system. So I would find a diesel force, uh, you, you know, uh, precision trucks. Uh, oh, gosh, what's it called? PTS. Just Pre- um, precision truck solutions in Coshocton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. They have the facilities where they can do the diesel force cleaning. They can run all the codes. They can check all the sensors. But you've got to get that stuff cleaned out. And and also Pittsburgh Power does it. And Pittsburgh Power and does it. And you can Google it. There are franchises all over the country. But here's what you need, and this is what we're doing right now. We're, we're experimenting the 2016 and the 2018 Cascadia with DD15, with obviously um, all the emissions. And driving me um, to drink. We do not delete trucks here. We, I will not touch, I will not allow anybody here to run a deleted truck. So we have to make the trucks manageable the way they're manufactured. And so we have found that if we'll take a truck that's got that's had all these problems because by the time they're 2016 or 2018, they've got a lot of miles on them. And if we get this diesel force cleaning performed on the truck and get it cleaned up and then run the max mileage catalyst from that point forward, every 250,000 miles you reclean it mm-hmm. and you don't have any issues anymore. So that's the problem. So if you, and, you want to fix the problem, that's how you go about fixing and, it. And the, the thing is you're, if you, if you follow the lunatic model and you're running an OPS and doing extended drains like we do, well, you just understand that 250,000 is the most you're ever going to get on your oil, right? You had 400,000 one time, right? Well, I never had an oil sample that said change it. I Correct. Could, I literally could have had 1.8 million miles right. of oil because I never had a, a reason to, I never had a bad labs report. But because you have to put a chemical in the oil as a part of the diesel force cleaning, you have to get rid of it. You're going to have to dump your oil. Part, part of the process is dumping the oil because right. it, it puts all that stuff in the oil. So, but yes, that's what you need to do. Uh, the scan gauge, the scan gauge measures anything that the ECM captures. You can look at voltage. You can look <clears> at oil pressure. You can look at uh, boost horsepower, Instant mile per gallon, average mile per gallon, uh, throttle position, which is what I use. That that's my main tool to get good fuel mileage is throttle position. Um, 
and so, yeah, you can see how much horsepower you can see how much boost, but throttle position was always mine. If I keep that throttle about 51 to 55%, I get good fuel mileage. You know, that's just, that's just, a, I let the truck do what it wants to do. If it wants to run 70, we run 70. If it wants to run 55, we run 55. You know, it just, it's just an ebb and flow with constant. And to this point now, I can go get in any truck, lay my foot on the accelerator 55%. My, it's just muscle memory, you know? Um, but remember that this, the scan gauge is not a magic tool. All it does is give you feedback to make you respond better. Okay. And I mentioned this on the TikTok live last night. You might have to help me remember these, these numbers, but we have a truck in the fleet, 2002 Freightliner, 12.7 Detroit, 373s, 13 speed. We've tracked 260,000 miles on this truck. And the average fuel mileage over those 260,000 miles is 6.69. I'm close. In that range. Last week, well, matter of fact, over the last two or three weeks. weeks, Yes. A driver is probably averaging 7.7. That truck does not have great tires. They're okay. They're not great. They're not shitty. They don't suck, but they're not Michelins. It has an OPS. It's running full synthetic oil. It does not have a fleet air filter. 7.7, okay? Don't tell me that the driver don't have anything to do with fuel mileage because I got 266 thousand miles of data on this truck that says the average is 6.6 and this old boy's doing 7.7 well and we we've had it before we have trucks we got a volvo that was the best fuel miles truck in the fleet i personally got 9.2 in that truck we put a driver in it and it gets six (laughs) okay so what's changed the only thing the only thing variable that changed was the driver you know and we, we, we talk about this, you know, all the modifications we do, you know, all the specs, everything that we do to, to, to give us the best possibility of getting good fuel mileage accounts for about 60 or 70% of the potential. The rest of it lies in the driver. You know, if you're going to be a driver that's not going to drive for fuel mileage, you can overcome all the modifications that are done to it, all specs. Right. Or you can be a driver like this that takes the same truck, and adds another mile, mile and a half per gallon to it because of the way that the person drives. And this guy, listen, he was a company driver before. He had no reason to, he had no experience with driving for fuel mileage. It just, he a wants decision. To. He wants to. Hey, know? listen, I'm going to tell you about the most childish <clears throat> thing I've ever done in my life. I worked for land air transport based out of Tennessee doing big lots in Columbus, Ohio in 2010. I had a 2007 9400 International with an ISX 10-speed. I don't know the gear ratio. That truck got 5.5, okay? 62 miles an hour governed, 5.5 miles per gallon. It rolled coal all the damn time. It was, there was, everything was wrong with that truck. And they, they, they screamed and they whined and they bribed and they cajoled about fuel mileage, fuel mileage, fuel mileage, fuel mileage. And I'm like, this truck will not get 5.5 is it. I've tried. It sucks. So I leave and I go to Anderson trucking 
I leased a truck from them, 2007 Freightliner, 14 liter, 10, uh, I'm sorry, nine speed with the top two. So it was a 13 kind of nine speed, top two, 358 rears. I filled that thing up for the first time at the pilot in St. Cloud, Minnesota for like $975. And I had an out of body experience. Jesus came down and touched me mm. when I looked at that $975 that I had just put in to that fuel tank. So I take off and I get my first, in my first week, my average fuel mileage for that first week was like 7.75. I sent my fleet manager at land air an email. And I said, Adrian, this is probably the most childish thing that I've ever done, but here's the miles that I ran in this truck. And here's the amount of gallons that I bought. And here's the average. I told you it wasn't me. I told you it wasn't me. It was the damn truck the whole time, which she thought was funny, but you know, I just, I couldn't leave it alone because I tried like hell to get good fuel mileage out of that piece of shit company truck. And just wouldn't do it. The thing was junk, you know. We were we were discussing fuel mileage today with the with the uh, phase three guys because now they're in a position to where they're choosing their fuel locations and they're having to make those decisions. We're talking about, and we're talking about the difference between five miles per gallon, six miles per gallon, seven and eight, and you know, and and it and it at three dollars a gallon, which is what fuel kind of is right now. You know, they, it's a, it, it can be as much as $35,000 a year difference in your fuel expense based on just those, 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 that tight little variable package right there. So once you kind of see, because, uh, you know, when you drive a, a semi or a commercial vehicle, you drive 100,000 plus miles a year, you're buying a lot of fuel, you know, so it adds up. It doesn't look like a lot. It's just a penny here, a penny there, a penny here, a penny there. But at the end of the day, it's 30,000 some dollars difference between a five and an eight, you know, and, and sometimes the only difference between those two is the driver, you know? Um, so we're, we're just trying to make it, you know, we, the, the, the reason that, that Jared, who's the driver who got the 7.7 is because he understands for the first time now and being this program, what benefit there is in putting that money back in your pocket when you become an owner operator. That's what yeah. we're here to teach. I know Chris is not going to bring it up, so I'm going to bring it up because he's too proud to, to, to admit this. But um, uh, this is why I do. This is why I'm 69 years old and get out of bed every morning and do what I do. Because guys like Chris, the other people that we have here, it's it is so um, it's it's so gratifying for me to to be able to see guys we i, I mentioned this today in in class i said look wait a minute listen i'm sorry I, I love that you're doing this but please refresh your screen so that it doesn't look like i put the focus on myself because your stupid phone quit my working phone quit. while you're telling all this well, wonderful glowing story well my phone just just died i don't know what to do oh my gosh oh, access there we go now am i there complaining about the producer am i there, there you are okay okay please continue so today, and, and um, I, you know, Chris is here, and of course, on a Friday, he has to continue to be a fleet manager while we're teaching these classes. And so he's here at the end of the end of the table, and he's booking loads, and he's got two, three monitors going, and he's doing all this stuff. And I looked at him, I said, Chris, five years ago, did you ever, in your wildest dreams, think that you'd be sitting here making the money you're making at a computer? all day long instead of driving a truck. Nope. You know? 
This is why we do what we do. I will say that I knew it was possible. Okay. And here's the thing you don't want to hear. I had to be patient. I had to continue working at like top notch level. I was picking up and delivering loads. I was dealing with a dedicated customer and I kept saying, and Zeke can testify to this, man, we just, we just, we just got to get to this next level. If we can get to this spot, if we can get to this spot, if we can get to this spot, I knew it was possible to do what I do where I didn't have to drive. I didn't have to be away from my wife and kids. I could be home and sit in my underwear and book loads like y'all think all the you know brokers and dispatcher do which i 100 do okay i'm never going to apologize for it but so but yes. i had to keep <clears throat> my nose to the grindstone and work like an animal and guess what there were times that i said to the kids sorry guys can't do it got to be on the road got to be out there got to do it it sucks but it is what it is you know i made this bed i had to lay in it and now I'm reaping the benefits of that, and I'm and I'm perfectly okay with that. And he has grown. Uh, he has grown as an individual. Certainly grown as a professional. And it's gratifying to see that. See, see it from him. It's gratifying seeing it. You know, we've got a guy that's been here. Well, y'all hear us talking about Seth all the time. Seth's getting ready to spin off and become a BCO. You know, he's he owns his own truck, and I mean, it's it's just really really fun for me to see guys coming here. You know, and we, we've talked about Richie before. Richie came here 23 years old. We gave him, we gave him zero chance of succeeding here. You know, when, when we do an orientation, I shouldn't say this. We do an orientation after it's over with Chris and I kind of get together and we kind of go, okay, what's the odds on that one? What's the odds on that one? What's 12%. the odds on that one? We had 0% for Richie. Okay. There's no, there's no chance. No. And zero. now here he is 24, 25 years old, owns his own truck. Okay. Um, engaged to be married, got, got engaged this past weekend. She said, and she said, yes, that's amazing. But anyway, Whew. but you know, here's a guy, you know, we, today we talked about people's ages and, and if they haven't reached their financial goals yet, how much time they have left to do it. And it's, it, it's kind of eye opening because most people kick that can down the road till they're in their forties or fifties. And then they go, Oh shit. You know, I'm not going to make it if I don't do something drastically. Can you imagine coming here as a 23 year old? And now having 50 years or 45 years or whatever of, of good prime time to, I mean, if he's not, I told him this before, Richie, if you're not a gazillion there, I'm going to come back from the grave <laughs> and whip your ass. Okay. Because you have every opportunity, you know, you have no excuse, you know, you now know, you understand how this works. You understand the, the you know, how, how to make and save money. You have no excuse. You guys that come here are 50, 55. We've had guys come here that are 65 years old and they're broken, desperate, and they don't know what to do. So they come here thinking that we're going to be able to give them this magic potion. And they find out that, well, you got to come here and work, you know, which you could have been doing all your life, but you didn't. Mm -hmm. And now you all of a sudden you're desperate and you do it. And it's sad, but there's nothing I can do about that. But getting back to this point I'm trying to make, it's really, really, really fun for me to be able to know that I can affect guys um, light livelihood, uh, change their life, you know, and, uh, and give them something that uh, I've been blessed with my life to do. So anyway, thank you for bringing that up. And I do, uh, I do agree that he has certainly, <clears throat> some people would call it contributing to the delinquency. Um, Hey, Larry, sir, how do you calculate MPG? Are you serious? 
It's a question. Is this a real question? Listen. Oh, wait a minute. Time out. Okay. We just have to understand the world that we live in. Okay. I grew up in a time when my dad and my grandfather tracked gas mileage like it was a competition. So I thought it was completely normal to have a notepad in the glove box of your little shit box car in 1986 that you wrote down the mileage every time and you divided the number of miles that you drove by the number of gallons and you got your fuel mileage so that you go to your father-in-law and gloat that you got better gas mileage than he did i thought that was completely normal until i went wait a minute what's wrong with your dad (laughs) i'm in a but i'm in a car with my buddy my dad my buddy's dad i'm like hey what's wrong Mm. with your dad he's not calculating his gas mileage he's like because he doesn't give a shit and i'm like Oh, okay. I, I probably shouldn't have reacted that way. And I apologize <laughs> for it, but it, it's such a simple. But in 2023, I, I understand. But we we don't know how people old this guy is, literally are let me, never let me, taught. Let me answer. The, can I answer the question? Ahead, please okay, let me answer. Continue. The so, uh, Royal Most Rise. If this is a serious question, I'm going to give you a serious answer. First of all, it's a math problem. Simply in math, you it's miles over gallons. Okay. Now, here's the trick, though, and, and we and again, we teach this here because you've heard this old saying, garbage in, garbage out. So if you want this fuel mileage number to be accurate, you have to be consistent and you have to be deliberate in your measurements. OK, so here's what you have to do. You have to fill. First of all, you have to refill the tank. You have to fill up the tank in order for you to start this process. So because you're replacing used gallons of fuel. Now, in a big truck, that's not as easy to do as you think it is because you've got tanks that are this big around and this long, and they hold 100, 125, 150 gallons each, and you've got two of them. And there's really the, the, the filler cap is on the, it's kind of on the an angle. It's not at the top. So you can't fill it up like you would a gas can for your lawnmower. You can only fill it up so far, and then you've got to stop. Well, in a tank that big, a vessel that big, an inch could be 20 gallons. I don't know. I'm not a, I don't know. Y'all, did, y'all didn't dream you were going to get this answer. Go ahead. You asked the question. I'm giving <laughs> you the answer. Okay. If you don't want the answer, don't ask the question. All right. So the first thing you have to do is you have to make sure that you're filling up your tanks consistently every time. If you don't, this number's garbage. All right. So let's get that understood first. You got to fill up to the same level every time. Now, I tell our guys here, the only way I know to have a visual uh, way of doing that is to find something in the tank that you can see. And what we use, what I use, always did and teach, is that we use the the weld in the neck, the filler neck, because you can see that. And if you fill up the fuel to that point every time, you're as close as you're going to be able to get to be able to duplicate that fill up every time. So that's step one. The next step is you have to keep the odometer mileage from every fill-up. Now, our guys simply write it on the fuel receipt because we have them scan the fuel receipt in. So now we have the odometer. We have the miles, and now we have the gallons. It's just division from that point on, okay? Now, if you don't want to do it this way, there's a free app called Fuel Gauges. It's mm-hmm. free. free. You can download it on your phone, and you can put. you still have to fill up the tank properly. But you can enter in the gallons, you can enter in the miles, and it'll do the math for you. And it'll also give you your 30-day, your 60-day, your 90-day, your lifetime. So that's how we figure MPG, all right? MPG is an important number to have because 
fuel is your number one expense. Okay. You're going to spend more on fuel than anything else in trucking except you. And we have found that it's also the easiest expense to impact because you can make decisions that will affect how much fuel costs you by buying it at the right place where it's on sale and by improving your fuel mileage and using less of it. Both of those are going to raise your miles per gallon, which is going to lower your overall operating cost. Now, I'm going to give you an answer that you didn't ask for because it's equally as important as this one. Once you know your MPG, now it's important that you know your CPM. That's cost per mile. Because how do you know how to how do you know how to pick a load off the load board if you have no idea how much it costs to move your truck a, a, a foot or a mile or five miles? So there is a formula for doing that as well. And here's very simply this: total expenses divided by total miles, mm-hmm. all miles, not just paid miles, all miles. That will give you a number. Ours right now is about a buck fifty-eight a mile. That pisses a lot of people off, okay? <laughs> because I can take a load that pays a dollar fifty-nine and make money. Yeah, I'm not making a lot. Everybody gets paid, and I make a penny. Mm-hmm. But for every mile our fleet of twelve trucks drives, that adds up. I don't have to make a lot on each truck, okay? So, but look at the number of loads that are available for somebody that can haul freight for two bucks and make a decent profit, as opposed to somebody that has to haul freight at four bucks, and there's not that many loads available, especially in this climate. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So you ask a really, really uh, pertinent question, An important question to today's economic things, and that is paying attention to what stuff costs. Again, fuel is your number one cost by far. Nothing else comes close to it. You're going to spend fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars easy a year in fuel in this economy, or more, depending on how bad your fuel mileage is or how good. And, and you can change that simply by improving the what you pay for it. And you go, well, how do you do that? Well, if you'll compare prices, fuel is very volatile. Volatile. There's a place in Effingham, Illinois, where there's a fuel uh, stop for every corner. There's four of them. I've seen the fuel 50 cents a gallon difference between one and the other there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you don't pay attention to that, you think it doesn't matter. Multiply 50 cents times the number of gallons you use in a year. Okay. Which, by the way, is about 100,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a big number. It's a big number. And all, it is, all you're doing is raising your consciousness, your awareness of how much you're using and how much you're paying for it. Now, if you're at Landstar, we have an easy way of doing that. It's called the Landstar One app. It will tell you what the fuel prices are all over the country. It refreshes every so often. If you're not at Landstar, you have to do a little research. You have to find some place to get current fuel, mile, uh, fuel prices. Nastic has a, has a way of doing it. Uh, there, there are places you can search, uh, but and you have to do a little research. So. We have developments coming from ProMiles. We do. That we'll talk and about. And that's part of our exciting news we're going to talk later. about a little later. So okay. did I answer your question? Uh, um, <clears throat> I've, got two, I've got two from TikTok I want to hit right quick. I can't put them on the screen. Have y'all ever used OTR supposed to allow you to read codes, delete codes, and do force regions? Phil, I don't know if it's this particular one you're talking about, but I know Phil has one where he has an app and he can plug into the diagnostic port because one of the one of the unfortunate truths of these newer trucks is you'll have a thing called a ghost code, which will be some 
<coughs> excuse me, some planets align and it creates a code. And if you could just delete that code, nothing's going to happen. Nothing bad's going to happen, but the code's just going to go away and the engine light goes away. So it's one thing that we're considering. Now, I don't know that it's this one you're talking about, OTR, but that sounds, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. I can tell you this. If I was an owner-operator, and I, hell, maybe if I was a company driver, and I had one of these trucks uh, that can leave me sitting on the side of the road for no damn reason, and I could spend a couple hundred bucks on an app and a thing to plug in, mm -hmm. I probably would absolutely do that. And a second question from the same guy, you'll love this one. Me? I love it. Or... <clears throat> do you think putting super singles on a 389 would help any with the fuel mileage? 389 is the big square. I understand. It's like putting lipstick on a pig. <laughs> so, you know, it's... All right, Peterbilt people, he's waged war on you. Why? Oh, why? Okay. So we're going to here. All right. Here. Now, here, here's my honest answer you've got a square hood, square grill. That's pushing air down the road like a brick wall. Mm -hmm. You've probably got an 18 inch drop bumper on it that's pushing <laughs> air down on the wall. Okay. You've got these great big air filters out there that are as, as dirty air as you possibly can create. Mm -hmm. And then you got those stacks. So you're giving up, I don't know how many miles per gallon with the aerodynamics, and you want to pick up another half a mile per gallon by, by the tires are on it. I well, think, you know, uh, you I, know mean, I mean, a half a mile per gallon. Well, but listen, William Haynes, who was in this very comment section not an hour ago, got in a 2000 or 2001, I can't remember, 2001 classic with a 12.7, 373s and shitty tires and got seven average over seven miles per gallon because he chose to drive it right. But, so the real but, answer to the question is Yes. No. Super singles would help no. your fuel mileage. I disagree. Well, yeah, that they would. No, I disagree. Well, okay. It's it. Anyway, it, it's my opinion. You you asked my opinion. If, I would. Okay. I, here's my All opinion. Right. Okay. I, I'll if answer. you're really concerned about fuel mileage, buy a different truck. Okay. Then put super singles on that. Now you've got the advantage of the low rolling resistance, and you don't have all the aerodynamic problems. For what reason? To look good. He's a hater. He's I, a, I hate. He's a bigoted, I hate people prejudiced. Who, I hate me people who piss money away. Okay, <laughs> and then come and cry because they need to, to rob from a broker to stay in business. Here he goes, TikTok. Okay? Y'all get ready. So yeah, so let me just buy a fucked up truck, <laughs> and then let me go tell these people that they need to not make the the, uh, the decent amount of money because I chose to drive this truck and I can't make any money. So I need you to give me your money. Uh, no, Greg, I go get him another bourbon. I'm still look it. I, I'm a, I'm a boy. I like trucks. I like shiny trucks. I like pretty trucks. I agree with you. Okay. That nothing looks better than a flat top Peterbilt with great big stacks going down the road, pulling a reefer trailer. That's like 17 feet behind the back of the cab looks cool as hell but I'm in business to make money. Okay. Thank you. I just, I, that's why I'm here. Right. To me, trucking is so hard. It's so difficult that I'm not going to make something hard, even harder 
because I want to impress people that I probably wouldn't like if I met them anyway. Right. So I'm going to drive my plastic ass Freightliner <laughs> and I'm going to make all the money. Now, when I get to where I've made all the money and I want to buy a flat top Peterbilt with great big stacks and put the reefer, you know, 72 feet behind me because my, my frame is 912 inches long. Whatever. Absolutely. You pay for it. At that point Go in time, I'm, I'm happy with it. Pull your RV around the country with it. That's fine. That's but, a hell of an idea right there. I understand. Now, I will tell you this story. The first time, the, the first super singles I put on my truck way back in 2009, there is a place up in Indianapolis where Flying J sells their used. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Right mm. there next to Flying J. They, they sell their used um, trucks there, tractors. <laughs> And they all had singles because all those trucks pulled fuel. And they, that's the first customer that used uh, super singles. So you could go over there and they sold those trucks primarily to local farmers. That was their number one yeah. market. Farmers didn't want the super singles. So they could literally, I could trade my dub duels, even money and walk around the parking lot and choose the, the mounted tire on the super single, even money. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the truck that I bought the tires off of was a 389 Pete, okay, flat top. <laughs> so it, I had to drive it to this tire place, and then I had to Uber back and drive my truck to the tire place to get them swapped. So I drove a 389 Pete for the first time in my life, okay. I'd only been trucking for less than a year. And I, I couldn't, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, I'm, I'm at the, the Lamborghini I just of want to be trucks. clear. This was a day cab, right? It was a day cab. Doesn't count. It sucked. Does okay? not It, it sucked count. out loud. Okay. Does not count. It bounced. It was noisy. It was, I mean, I wouldn't give you, if you gave me one of them, I'd just turn it away. Doesn't count. Okay. It sucked. Okay. So until, listen, until you have driven a three a w9 studio with about a 325 wheelbase okay i don't want to hear you talking about it. okay i'm with you on fuel mileage i'm with you on buying the right truck but until you have driven a 379 that's stretched out and you can feel how that bitch handles i just know there's a lot of things in life that i wish i could get do i need my that ain't even that isn't even in the top 100 okay? i need my empl new employee to go get me another beer <laughs> that's politically incorrect right now okay now okay mm -hmm. now here's here's this is a good point zot this is a good point the guy asking about the super singles might go buy the cheapest ones he can find and that would be a mistake it, now I no, will. it doesn't it doesn't it, you're giving up already more fuel mileage than you're ever. It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. What, but, but this is an important point. This is an important point for, forget the square hood. All tires are unlike, I love, I love Larry says this in every orientation, unlike humans, every tire is not the same. Created okay? equal. They're That's not created equal. Yes. Humans are created equal. Tires are not created equal. So just because it's a super single doesn't mean anything. That's true. You could get a shitty super single that could be worse than and, your shitty duels. And by the way, the brand has done dealers because Michelin makes the best super single and the shittiest and the super worst. single. Yeah. So it's not brand related. Okay. You have to understand how they're built. 
and you have to look at the rolling resistance number of that model tire. So, but that's, that is true. If you're going to buy some, at least spend the money and get ones that are going to at least give you, not only for fuel mileage, but the longevity. I mean, look, when I, my singles, I would get 475,000 miles out of a set of singles because I took care of my tires. Now, you right. can, you're not going to get that in every brand. So, which goes to this uh, comment from McClay. In my experience, Super singles blow more often. That's anecdotal. So yes. he's admitting this is anecdotal information. It's not anecdotal that when they blow, it's an expensive and timely ordeal to get rolling again. Okay. You're setting so, me up, aren't you? You're oh, setting listen, me up. But I'm, I, listen, you've trained me well. So let so me. Are you going to take, take it? Are you going to take I'm it? I'm going to take this. Don't fuck it up. So if you go to our TikTok channel, <clears> I did a video yesterday, I think. Because I mentioned that we were going to take a 13-speed out of a truck and put a 10-speed direct drive in that truck with 264s. Oh, how dare you? How you, Neanderthal, how dare you take a 13-speed out and put a 10-speed direct drive in? You must not be able to do math. And I said, well, let me do some math for you, <laughs> Hoss. I can't believe he asked you that. The creator of the BSA 9000. Right. CP. So I went to our fuel <laughs> gauges, okay, and I added up all of the miles that we have tracked since Larry started using uh, fuel gauges, which I would assume is 2010, probably. No, 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 no. 2009. 2009. Yeah. 2009. Yeah, okay. We have tracked yeah. 4.5 million miles. Does that include JPEG? Yes. Metro? Okay. We have tracked 4.5 million miles of fuel ups in all of the different trucks that we have put into. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for your service. Greg, could you do one more? Yeah, I just spilled some out in my lap. Tell Anna it's for later. Okay, sure. Do you want something, by the way? No. Okay. So we've tracked 4.5 million miles of fuel ups. One of those trucks has been tracked 1.5 million miles, and that truck has had super singles on it pretty much its entire life. Pretty much. So in this 4.5 million miles, we've had how many super singles blow out? I think the number's five. Five, I can think of. Yeah. I think it's five. And one of, very, was a, one of them was a fluke. You know, yeah, but, we're very confident mm -hmm. that it's five, but four we can really count on in four and a half, Million, million miles. miles and listen by the way listen i i know i know it's gonna break y'all's heart but it's 100 illegal to limp duels in okay that's 100 illegal that's all right big, one of the biggest fines you'll ever get if the road pirate catches <laughs> you limping in with duels you're done especially if you got hot hazmat god help you if you got hazmat okay so that's null and void in the amount in four and a half million miles, we could have paid for, I'm gonna say a thousand, but probably a hundred. We could have paid for a hundred service calls, lost time, oh, lost yes. revenue in the with the amount of fuel that has been saved by running super singles. Okay. Yes. Is it inconvenient? Certainly it is. Since I've been here, which is March of 2018, we have had, I want to say, three 
three of the super single failures that we have had have happened since I've been here. And not one time did we lose a wheel. We lost the wheel. One of those five instances, one of those five, we but, did lose a wheel. None of the three, which asterisk, we think that the reason that we lost two of those was because of the wheel and we replaced the wheel, but the wheel was not damaged when the super single blue. Okay. And I'm going to put another little asterisk on this. I'm telling you Thank that you. as an old school trucker, Thank okay. You. 25 year trucker. You could not give me a truck with God forsaken duels on it. Okay. You get, you gift me. Hey buddy, here you go. Here's the keys. Thank you for your service. No, no charge. The first thing I'm going to do is take the duels off and put super singles on because I hate duels with a passion as how much I hate duels. So now can I add some stuff to that? Please go ahead. <clears throat> we need to figure up what the fuel savings were in those four some odd million miles, because let me, the numbers are this. Okay. One mile per the gallon, BSC 9, <clears throat> one mile per gallon is, a, is over 20,000 bucks a year. Okay. Now, we know that in every case, we at least improve fuel mileage by one mile per gallon. <laughs> in many cases, much, much more. Okay. I've got the BSC 9000. All right. Okay. So, four and a half million miles. Oops. That's 450 million. 4.5 million miles. So, so, let's say by six mile per gallon. Are you happy with that? It's 750,000 gallons. 750 times what's an average you want to just say 350 a gallon say 350 yeah that's fine okay that's two million two hundred sixty two thousand five hundred okay now we're going to go the same four and a half million miles divided by seven so we'll go one mile per gallon difference that's six hundred and forty two thousand eight hundred and fifty seven times the same 350 is two million 249,999999999. Okay. So minus up shit. Okay. <laughs> Is a savings of $372,000 based on one mile per gallon at $3.50 a gallon. $372,000 thousand dollars saved over four and a half million miles and we've had five blowouts which and cost, we've had five on blowouts. average let's say the let's say the service call was 500 bucks it wasn't but let's say that because that would probably well let's say the service call was 500 let's say the wheel if it went out every time was another four or five hundred dollars and the tire was average probably 12 1400 so do five of those at 1400 500 and 2400 times five what is that? Wait a minute. You said 2,400? 2,400 times. We're going to go worst case scenario. We lost the wheel. We lost the tire. $12,000. We lost the brake chamber. Okay. Minus 372,000 is a gain, net gain of 360,000. Now, McClay says, I had to wait all night on Loves to get there and fix the tire. I was late at Walmart and rescheduled for the next day. Brother, I feel your pain. Okay, let me tell you just real quick. Give me give me three minutes to tell you about an experience I have with the loves because I had not one, but two super singles that needed to be replaced. And I called this ignorant amoeba, this single celled organism at a 
loves, I want to say Jackson, Georgia, and I explained to him that we, I had a truck that desperately needed two super singles. Okay. Well, he didn't have two Michelins. He had a Michelin and he had a Goodyear. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get you LCAP authorization numbers from Landstar. You're going to bring me a Goodyear. You're going to bring me a Michelin and we're going to go do this deal. Okay. No problem. All right. Well, first this moron calls me and he says, well, man, I only got one set of jack stands. And I said, okay, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to jack up one axle. And I want you to put the tires on. I want you to set it down. And I want you to put the second axle on jack stands. And I want you to switch the tires. Because your highest tire has to go on the right side. Your most tread depth has to go on the right side to protect the differential. Power okay, divider. Power, Power divider. divider and differential. So, of course, this amoeba, this single-celled organism that, that couldn't rub two pennies together and couldn't find his both hands with, in the, with, couldn't find his butt with both hands in the dark. Bring me another one. Shows Dan. up, shows up without, he doesn't bring the balancing beads that we asked him to bring. He, he did. And, of course, he's just, oh, man, I didn't, uh, somebody took it off the truck, and it's not my fault. Well, by the time Larry got done with Love's customer service, we got that all fixed. Listen, I empathize with the stupidity that you have to deal with when you're dealing with roadside service. It sucks. It's hard. Yes, it cost me a day. Okay. Well, in our world, at that time, a, a day was $2,000. Okay. You cost me a day, you're costing me two grand. Right now, you're costing me about 1300 But then you were costing me $2,000 a day. You were costing me the cost of the tire, the cost of the road service, and, of course, the, the anguish, pain, and suffering of dealing with these, 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 these dipshittiots, okay? But, y'all, oops. The BSC 9000 never lies, okay? Well, I can save $360,000 over 4.5 million miles. That's a significant amount of money, enough for me to deal with some temporary bullshit. Yeah, okay? here, here's, the underlying, here's the underlying thing here. You're making a rash uh, decision based on an exception. Yeah, you, right. had, you had one bad deal or you had a rash a run of bad deals but the numbers don't lie okay when you when you're looking at when you're looking at the law of average you're also have to look at the law of law of large numbers you've got a very small sample size there you're making a an opinion a decision about a very small sample size all right we have a very large sample size because we've got four and a half million miles worth of data to back it up mm -hmm. all right so do you want to make decisions based on exceptions they want to make 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 decisions based on what typically happens. Right. In your case, yeah, you've got a bad example. Now let me give you some let me give you some advice here. People think that we're that we're I don't know whatever uh, bootlickers or whatever because we like Michelin. Okay, mm -hmm. here's why I buy Michelin. Okay, because if I can't find a tire, a Michelin Super Single, where I'm at, I can call Michelin and they'll bring me one from wherever it is mm -hmm. with no service charge mm -hmm. because I'm a Michelin B2B member. Okay. 
So your problem wouldn't have existed in my situation because I would have called Michelin and they would have found the tire and brought it to me. It happened. The one in Texas, by the way, curious, mm-hmm. you know, not the one in, but the one in Texas, they, they brought the tire from like 150 miles away mm-hmm. because the guy there didn't have one. So anyway, it all comes down to making decisions, not based on these little incidents that, yeah, we always remember the things that went bad. Yeah, you missed your appointment, blah, 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 blah. That's one day in the life of your whole career. So we're going to throw away $370,000 over four and a half million miles because we had one bad. This is why we say in business you make decisions based on numbers, not on emotion. And can I remind everyone that you can't just replace one duel? You can't do it. Oh, they can. They just don't understand why they, the other I one know, flat rolls. Well, I know they will. Okay. But you can't just replace a single dual tire. Well, well man, this dual tire is only $400. That damn super single is 1200 And you okay. may have to replace four of them, depending on how well, how war they are. Right. But that's another whole night. But, 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 well, but it's an important nugget that has to be brought into this conversation that if you run over something, okay, not of your own doing, you run over something and you pierce a duel into a, a, a a situation where it cannot be repaired. Guess what you're going to have to do or what you should do is you replace two duels, not one, because if you have one and one, if you have one tall and one short, you're going to wear out that short one even faster. So the, the, the perceived money savings by running duels is not there because when you, when you lose one, okay, well, I've, if I, if I lose one and it's, is it what, 15%, is it 15 or 20? I can't remember. But anyway, if it's 15 or 20% difference 15, in the 15 percent. 15, 15, 15 no, percent. It's measured in, in millimeters or measured in tire depth, 30 seconds. I know, but it's still 15% the, yeah. the difference between the two. Okay. You have to replace both of them. So you're buying two tires anyway. Okay. Then if you're not using something like a crossfire that will keep those two tires at an equal pressure, because truck drivers will not check the inside tire. Okay. I, I'm just at 25 years in this business. And somebody on TikTok asked, do the, do the super singles wear, uh, ride better? I can't tell the difference. Okay. But when it comes to the operation of a truck, 25 years of trucking. Now I've been here at blue ribbon five years and being on the management side, you can't give me, you cannot gift me a set of duels. Okay. Now, <clears throat> Philip Bauer, this is a great question. Super singles on tractor only can get a full one mile per gallon improvement. Well, it, it depends no. on what was on there before. Well, it depends on what was on there before. Okay. But what we have clearly demonstrated here at Blue Ribbon, and we have the data and the numbers to back it up, okay, is that the driver is at minimum 35% of your fuel mileage number, okay? So if we here at Blue Ribbon doing what we do, building these lunatic trucks, specking them in a very specific and certain way, and they're averaging, you know, 
six or seven or whatever the number is. I promise you that if we did not go to the trouble to put the best tires, to put the fleet air filter, to put the oil, to put the OPS, because drivers are not pre-programmed to think business, drivers are pre-programmed to think what's best for the driver. What's going to make me feel good? What's going to make me happy? Well, that's mashing the damn pedal to the floor and 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 hearing the sound of the turbo spool up, okay? If we didn't spend the money that we do to see a one-mile-per-gallon improvement, we, our trucks would be getting four and a half right now, okay? Because you can watch the progression of the driver that comes here on day one and their fuel mileage sucks, and then over time, as we have educated them, their fuel mileage will improve. But even if it was just one mile per gallon, we have demonstrated mathematically over time that one mile per gallon over four and a half million miles is a 300,000 plus dollar change in your situation. And, and 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 sometimes it's more than a one gallon one one mile per gallon change. It depends on how bad the tires are, and again, you can't just say super singles. You have to look at a super single that has a low rolling resistance. Mm -hmm. All super singles are not created equal. Believe me. So it's not just you can't lump it together and say, "Well, I'm going to put super singles on and improve my fuel mileage." You may hurt your fuel mileage. You right. may have better rolling resistance duals than the singles you bought. So it's not that way. And by the way, you're not going to ask a tire salesman about rolling resistance. He, his eyes are going to glaze her. What the fuck are you talking about? You should <laughs> Now, now <laughs> they will tell you that they're smart way and they're this, that, and this, that, and the other, which means nothing. Okay. So you have to do the research. Only two people I know of do uh, rolling resistance testing. That's Michelin and Yokohama. So you're going to have to go there and you're going to have to find their tire and your tire and you're going to, have to compare them. You're going to do a little work. You mm -hmm. have to do the work because the industry will not do it for you. Okay. Now there's something I else. wish I wish I'd have had a video camera running at the truck show when we went into the, to the double coin booth and Larry just started asking them about low rolling resistance or just asking them about their rolling resistance numbers. And the guy was like, what? What's that? What are you talking about? I don't know. Um, Hey, give me your email, and I'll look at it. Have you gotten that email Never. yet, by the way? Of course yeah, not. Of I didn't course think so. Not. Hey, listen, I've got to make an unfortunate announcement for the TikTok people that are watching. My phone's about down to about 10% um, battery life, so you guys are you guys are on death row right now. I'm going to let it go until the phone dies. Do but you, just Can you be, plug it up? You plug well, it? no, because if I plug it up, I lose the audio, and they really okay. like the audio of, of having better Well, have audio. them come over to, to YouTube. Yeah, y'all need to. Anybody that's got TikTok, surely the hell's got YouTube, right? Yeah, all y'all on TikTok. Now, let, now, if you live in Montana, you can't get TikTok anymore anyway. <laughs> but now, how many people live in Montana, Chris? What, 50, I, I believe. I believe the number that we looked at today was 733,000. No, that's, that's incorrect. That's Alaska. There were as many people in Montana that were in Franklin County, Ohio, which is about. I would ask Siri, but that would probably make the battery. I, I, listen, I'm not drunk. I remember lower. your numbers. It was 1.7 million. But in the whole scheme of things, that's like 75 people. Okay. All right. Now, listen. Now, let have, me. I gotta, wait, wait a minute. We I, have triggered Lair, uh, uh, Rocky. Rocky has been officially triggered here by this, uh, this talk about duels. Duels need to match within two 30 seconds. Now, wait a minute. What's two divided by 32 
Uh, that's six percent, not fifteen percent. I told you it was thirty seconds. Anyway, always have to be and and have to be the same model and make of tire, and no more than fifteen thirty seconds between the front and, and the, the rear, rear axle. axle. That's okay. the number we were thinking of. Twelve thirty seconds. Is what I was thinking, but yeah. Now, what happens if you don't? Well, you run down the road, and all of a sudden, your power divider just. <laughs> And you go, well, that sucked. My part about it just went out. When you did it yourself by not maintaining the proper circumference difference between the tires in the front and the rear. So did y'all know any of this, you know? Well, guys, aren't we, aren't we, a, aren't we a plethora just, of information? It's just math, okay? Everything from the NBMD alignment to the use of the fleet air filter, I mean, we've asked, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, we asked, we straight up asked Fleet Air Filter if they want to be a sponsor of this podcast. And if they do, I will cash the check. But I'm still going to tell you about them even if they don't because it makes a difference. Fleet Air Filter, OPS, running the catalyst, using Michelin, using low rolling resistance, wide singles, which Michelin's the best. So there it is. You know, again, Michelin, send me a check. I'll cash it. I'm still going to talk about you. So, just go ahead and send the check on, right? Because you're going to get the value out of it. I've created a monster here. It's just little, little bites that yeah. make such a huge difference. And again, please remember, who is the intended target audience of this podcast and of this company? It's the first-time owner-operator buying their first truck. Okay. If you're not the first time owner operator buying your first truck and you've got the money to go pay for that big flat top Peterbilt with the glider with the C15 cat cranked up to 9,000 horsepower, brother, more, more power to you. Have at it. I'm not ever going to tell you no. But when you're the first time owner operator, you don't get to do that stuff. And somebody on TikTok asked, what was your dream truck? Okay. What is my dream truck? Well, it depends on which part of me you're talking to. If you're talking to the part of me that would like to just have whatever I could have, well, we're absolutely talking about a W900, Studio, Kenworth, C15 Cat, 18 Speed, probably a 336 rear end, so it'll run 112, right? But if you're talking to the business part of me, it's going to be a 2005 to 2006 Columbia with a 14-liter Detroit, a direct drive 10-speed and 264s, maybe a 13-speed double overdrive with a 264 that I could run it in 11th gear. The problem is truck drivers aren't going to do that. If you're going to hire truck drivers and put them in truck, you can't give them the 13. Because they're not going to operate it properly. Now, if you are going to be that, like if they say you're Niven, right? A smooth operator trucking in here. I would absolutely tell Niven, well, sure, get you a 13 double overdrive with 264 rears. Of course, we all know that Niven ain't damn well going to be. Niven's going to have that some bitch in high gear letting it eat. Okay. But I'm just saying, if it was me, because the one thing that Larry demonstrated, probably. I'm going to say this is the most important business lesson that Larry ever taught me. Ooh, here we go. You cannot ever hire yourself. Okay. 
nobody is ever going to do as good a job in your equipment as you do, right? If you ever find that person, you better get that some bitch in an ironclad contract, okay? And and no, he's not available. I've already nailed that down, okay? So Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. <clears throat> um, somebody now I want to go back and talk about another the guy says only get one pound per gallon put in the, here's, here's a fact that most people don't understand the difference between a low rolling resistance tire and not the effectiveness changes from the trailer to the drive tire to the steer in that order believe it or not if you own your own trailer the most benefit you get is by changing the trailer tires. Yep. That's the thing that's impacted the most by improving the rolling resistance of the tires. Then the drive tires and the steers last. So I know that that probably comes as a surprise to people, but hey, you, you do tune in here to learn. We're teaching you how to learn. So, Well, it, especially <clears throat> if you think about how, how over the last three years, you know, we've heard trust the experts. Okay. I promise you that Rocky Rockefeller and – Mike Beckett and his son, Kevin, Kevin Beckett have forgotten more about tires and alignment than I can probably ever hope to learn. I've learned a ton from them and I'm probably 75, 80% there, but just like this, think about this. Okay. Four per four PSI difference between tires mounted in the same position. Also, creates tall, short tire wear and will scrub off the short tire not traveling the same distance per revolution. Think about that. Four PSI. Who the hell gives a damn about four PSI? Rocky. Because Rocky understands that a $400 to $600 tire could be worn out at a rate of probably... 30% faster if you don't keep the air pressure perfectly equalized between the two. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not in the business of throwing four to $600 away just because, just because for whatever, for whatever stupid reason that I decide to not be passionate about my tires or passionate about my fuel mileage. Because the reason we stay in business is we're super passionate about those details. And I was telling the guys in our class today, I worked for a guy named Cooksey Sugart in 2000. He had 65 trucks, or he was, the, he was the fleet manager for a 65 truck fleet leased to US Express that was getting 85 cent a mile loaded and empty. And, and this, this whole truck drivers can't make a living. That ain't new, y'all. I've heard that shit since I got in this industry in, 20, in, in 1997. And I asked him one day, I said, Cooksey, how do you do it? His answer was profound. Son, every sentence started with son. If somebody starts a sentence with the word son, you better pay attention because you're fixing to get some knowledge. Son, there's pennies laying all over the place. You just got to reach down and pick them up. Profound advice for a 24-year-old that didn't know jack shit, who was also the same guy that looked at me one day and said, hey, son, let me explain to you why you're such an idiot. 
I'm like, how dare you? And then he went on to explain to me why I was such an idiot. And I was like, holy crap, I'm an idiot. And I didn't even know I was an idiot. Holy, oh my gosh. Life-changing advice. Y'all, it's all about the details. Little details will be the dis- will be the determining factor whether or not your business success, uh, uh, survives or dies in this market today. That's what we're trying to get y'all to understand. Uh, Bravo Zulu. Yes, I, I have Angel's Envy Bourbon. Um, <clears throat> I have the cask strength. I also have the... Um, um, Rum finish. I also have the port finish. So yes, I am. It's a Louisville distillery distillery company that makes Angel Envy. But yeah, if it's, y'all it's want, excellent, it's excellent bourbon. Yeah. If y'all want to to know the key to Larry's heart, that's show up with a bottle of bourbon. You know, uh, especially that what's it, uh, Jefferson's Ocean. Oh, and that's good. I mean, he yeah, li- he likes that stuff yeah, too. There's a new Jefferson's Ocean I found though that uh, it's. Um, it's a little more expensive, three hundred bucks a bottle. I, y'all need to, y'all need to just sit around sometime and have a talk with Rocky. <laughs> a three axle truck with a right pull and tow out an eighth of an inch will lose around thirty five percent of steer tire life. So when you're sitting on Rocky's very very expensive outdoor kitchen, this is the kind of of, yeah, of yeah. knowledge that will he. Will I think Rocky on. should have a seminar in the outdoor kitchen down there, and we could all go down there and learn more about. Alignments, entire thing. Hey, Rocky, I've got a serious question for you. This leads up to some of our announcement tonight, but are you interested in coming back this year to the event, August 19, 20? Oh, yeah. Be thinking about that and give me an answer, okay? Well, let's just so, listen. <clears throat> listen, I've got a graphic. I'm going to go ahead and hit it right now. Um, August 19th and 20th, Hurricane West Virginia. The event is now live at blueribbonlogistics.com slash events. The reset my reset your mindset 2023 event has been posted on the uh, on the page or on the website. So if you would like to join the lunatics for two days of intense and enlightening training and networking as we prepare you to survive and thrive through which this was a copy and paste from last year. The coming bloodbath. I think we all understand the bloodbath is here. <laughs> it's it's kind of here, okay? It's 100% We here. were trying to warn you last year about yeah. it, but nobody listened. Now you're in the middle of it. So maybe you'll listen this year, okay? So the event will be <laughs> uh, here in West Virginia, August 19th and 20th. We have some special guests that we've been talking about, and we'll make those announcements forthcoming. It's going to be a different format than it has in the past because – I'm tired of doing all the work. Right. So we're going to have special guests come in and we're going to divide it up into different topics and that sort of thing. And, uh, let's listen, we have a great facility. The facility is phenomenal. Okay. There's pictures of it on the website. Uh, the hotel here is phenomenal. They treat us like Kings here. So we're going to have a couple of social events Friday night. We're going to have a reception here. We'll be doing the podcast live from the reception. And then the event will have, will take place all day Saturday. We're going to come back here Saturday night for a little social event at the hotel Saturday night. And then of course we'll, we'll wind up Sunday about five o'clock or so. We have truck parking here at the hotel. Um, so you should not let us know if you're coming in a truck so we can make sure we got room for you. 
Um, it is now live on our website, so you can go there and you can register. There is an early bird discount of one hundred dollars. Okay, yep. if you get registered and get in there, uh, last year we sold out. Um, so you know the first, um, you know the first come first serve. So anyway, it's that going to be? Uh, it's going to be there. Uh, we listen, guys. We can give you enough information in the first four hours to more than pay for the cost of, oh, the, of the event. And, uh, and we're, so Luke, Luke, if you go to blue ribbon logistics.com slash events or blue ribbon logistics.com slash reset 2023. Yeah. Um, that's where the event page is. You can register. Uh, we've in, we've invited a bunch of people. We've invited Larry Cothran. We've invited Anique Lesage. Uh, we've invited Rocky. We've invited, invited Chris Dolan to come down because what we would like to have, um, you know, last year we had Carl doing inspections and Rocky was doing alignments in the parking lot. We would like to do that again. We just haven't got all the details confirmed. Right. Um, but you know, we are going to have, uh, you know, you, you come in Friday. Um, the plan would be the, all oh, like the best, possible outcome is that you could come in maybe on Wednesday and Thursday, get some work done on your truck. Friday night, we have the, we have the reception here at the hotel with the live podcast. Then Saturday and Sunday, we have the event. Uh, we have different speakers coming in. Larry's got some, you know, some surprises there. Um, but we want you to have a network, a weekend of networking, where you get inspired and empowered because one of the things that I see when I look around the industry right now is a bunch of people that feel powerless and I empathize with your position where we diverge and where we part company is with your desire to involve the state, the people that have created most of the problems that we face you're going to allow the state to come in and supposedly fix your problem while completely ignoring all of the consequences that are going to come with your involving the state in the market. So when I say that I'm against broker transparency, I'm against regulation, all regulation. I'm against regulating trucks. I'm against regulating brokers. I'm against regulating shippers because what I'm for He's against regulating whores. That too. <laughs> I am for the market. And you know who the market is? <clears throat> the market's us. Yeah. The market is us. And we're going to go out and we're going to voluntarily. And we're going to uh, consensually make agreements with people. And if you listen, if somebody offers you a load you don't like, guess what? You don't have to take it. Right. Exactly. It happened today. It literally happened today. I booked a load, I don't know, for $1,350. <laughs> you know, it was a little short, a little short hop. She called me back. She's like, look, this, this guy's lost his mind. He wants to move this lane for $950. And I said, well, bless his heart. That's literally the, literally the words that came to my mind. I said, well, bless his heart. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. But he, we, he can but certainly we, go find somebody else to do it, but I sure as hell am not going to do it. So, I just moved on and found something. But we else didn't to do. condemn the agent or the broker because of that. We just moved on. Wasn't her fault, you know? Just you know? say no. I get. I can't get over these drivers. They say that they're abused by brokers. That would happen one time with me, and you would never abuse me again because you never have the opportunity. 
So if you're abused and you go back for it, guess what? That's on you. You got, <laughs> yeah, you got battered wife syndrome, okay? So just say no. That's, that's ridiculous, okay? But I'm not going to ask the government to come in and regulate lease purchases so I don't have to sign a a a a, 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 a um, 35-page document I refuse to read. Yeah, exactly. Or regulate a broker from making whatever it is that they can make in the free market because I don't like him. That's what we're against, okay? That's what we're against. So anyway, um, <clears throat> back to the event. <clears throat> I do have a private selection bourbon here that's always here, <clears throat> but that weekend I'm going to bring because I'm doing an addition to my house. And so my bourbon bar is basically packed up right now. So I'm going to bring it here. We're going to have my private uh, bourbon collection here that weekend. Oh, my goodness. So for you bourbon snobs, we can talk bourbon. And, and Rocky, I saw your Jefferson Ocean a while ago. Uh, what did you say, Voyage 28? Uh, I think that's what you said. It all, it all tastes like turpentine <clears throat> to me. So, it's be, it's you because know. he's a redneck hillbilly. And he drinks. Love, show him what you're drinking up there. Uh, this is... This is this is Kentucky brew. That's not even blue. A while ago, it was some kind of. Well, I started out with a blue, but I figured out pretty quick that if I had one more of those, I'd be laying on the floor here asleep. So I decided to switch to Shotgun Wedding, which is a Kentucky uh, brew. You, you know how you can't hire, You know how you can't hire yourself. You also can't find anybody to drink like yourself. Okay, so amateurs up here. Okay, so strict amateur. Guilty. <clears throat> Guilty. What else we got? What else we got going on? We've been what two hours? Uh, yeah, we're coming up on two hours. I'm getting hungry. I'm getting drunk. <laughs> well, that makes you hungry. So, um, I did find out there's a Waffle House in West Virginia. He did. And it's open 24 hours, and we may end up there again tonight. But uh, I'm a big Waffle House <clears throat> fan, by the way. I, I'm. A, it's I'm a, a very keto place if you stay out of the. Hash brown. I'm going to hit this right it. quick from McClay. I decided I'm getting an end dump. Y'all can have RTR. Listen, brother. Bless your heart. I'm with you. Whatever mm. niche that you can find. What was There was a question on the, on the TikTok live last night. I'm trying to think of the phrasing. But our answer was, oh, it was about a day cab. Something about a day cab. If you can get it paid for. Where you don't have the risk of a bunch of debt, <clears throat> brother, more power to you. Yeah. That's the key. Now, what most what happens is most people get suckered in to these lease purchases from a carrier, or they get suckered into a lease purchase from some outside company. And then you you do kind of do some math. You're like, well, you're sure I can afford a seven hundred dollar a week truck payment. Until you can't. Until you can't. Well, all I'm asking you to do is think logically through that process until, okay, if I get to until I can't, what happens then? Because no amount of, of, of mouth breathing, breath holding, blue in your face, stomping your feet in front of Congress is going to save you from what's fixing to happen to you if you are over leveraged and undercapitalized in business. And honey, it don't matter if it's trucking. It don't matter if it's a Chick-fil-A. It don't matter if it's a McDonald's franchise. It don't matter if you're a contractor or a plumber or an electrician or whatever. If you are 
undercapitalized and you are over leveraged. Whenever the shit hits the fan, you're the first one to go. Five years ago, he didn't know what those words mean. Now he's throwing them out there at you. So, hey, we got a couple of, we got some unfinished business. Okay. Number one, we have another special announcement. Let me clear my throat. So, I don't have a mute button because I'm tied into your soundboards. I can't mute myself. So, all right. So, we got a new sponsor coming on. Okay. You want to talk about it, Chris? You want me to talk about it? Have at it. Pro Miles. Pro Miles, uh, it's, a, um, it's an app that will help you with fuel mileage optimization, help you with navigation. Um, it's very, it, 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 there's a lot of components to it. We're going to learn more about it as we go. They're going to be, they're going to be participating in, in one of our podcasts and explain their product to you. I heard about the product way, way back when I was back in the CMC uh, because um, I think they had a, a relationship with Kevin Rutherford even way back then. Uh, we simply don't re- we don't really have it needed because of the Landstar One app. But if you're not a Landstar BCO and you're independent, then you probably can use this product to help you find those fuel prices. If you don't understand the the, the need to be able to separate the IFTA tax from the fuel price, then you really really need to go back and look at some of our um, episodes on IFTA, and they have, they have a product that will do that for you. So we're going to be we're going to have a lot more to talk about it, but they're coming on uh, officially I think next weekend, and they'll be with us for a few weeks. So um, so anyway, yeah, we're excited about having the new sponsor, Pro Miles. And the other thing I need to bring up is that I, you guys need to uh, keep Carl in your thoughts and in your in your yeah, prayers. The GoFundMe uh, is up in the corner. That that top left QR code that's that's Carl's GoFundMe. Uh, Chris, you may have an update. I don't know, but. I do have an update I can share with you. So they are bringing Carl back home to the southeastern Ohio area and bringing him to a place for some rehabilitation because they're, I guess they're trying to get him weaned off of the ventilator. I don't understand this stuff, but his lungs are in such bad shape that he can't really breathe on his own except for short periods of time, but for whatever reason, they can't do the transplant. So they've got to bring him back home for some rehabilitation to maybe get him in position to have a surgery that will get him in a position to be able to breathe on his own so that he can get in a position to have a double lung transplant way above my pay grade. But the bottom line is he has not been able to work for months his wife is their single source of income and they've got, I can't even begin to imagine astronomical medical bills. So, you know, if you can find it in your heart to scan that QR code and throw a few dollars their way, it will help them. I'm sure more than you can imagine. Especially if Carl has helped you out in the past, you know, with, with, uh, with your truck and whatnot. And, saved you the, the the trouble of being broken down the side of the road because of his ability to be able to find things that no one else can. Right. So think about that right now. He, he needs your help. And we would appreciate if you would, uh, if you would consider doing that. And uh, we thank you very much on his behalf. So, um, so we're here for the weekend. We've got two great guys. Can we listen? Our, the quality of our applicants 
has just it's just gone gone through the roof. We 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 we're so full. We had a couple of guys today that have been here now for a few weeks and they're moving. They're our first group of people that have moved from phase two to phase three. We didn't even have a slideshow prepared because the first time we've had to do it. <laughs> you know, we're winging it all day. Okay, I was doing slideshows I hadn't done since last year at the live event, so I had to knock the dust off of them. So I apologize to those guys for that. But we've got the best bunch of people right now we've ever had. You know, we've got we got a great crew, great attitudes. You know, they really, really want to understand how to make, how to be profitable and understand this business. And we're very, very fortunate. You know, uh, Chris, this is his Chris's baby, okay? You know, he drugged me screaming and, and whatnot to get in this podcast thing. And I, I can't say that I don't enjoy it. You're but, welcome. <laughs> but one, I, the thing that I, the reason I do this is because it, it, it brings us people like this fellow sitting right here. that's going to be here tomorrow in our, uh, in our orientation. You know, we, we get people who are somehow or another attracted to what we do because of these podcasts and because of our TikTok and because of, you know, all the, the shit that we stir up all the time, you know, it, it attracts some people's interest and, in an industry where everybody needs drivers, we kind of have a waiting list. You know, we're, we're blessed with the, the, the fact that we don't have to go out here. We're the only fleet I know of at Landstar that isn't constantly on all the groups begging people to come get in their trucks. You know, I turn away people every week who want to drive for us their Landstar BCOs because I don't want them. Okay. We will not allow them to come here because we don't want truck drivers. We want people to understand that what they're doing here is they're opening a business. They're, they're, they're opening up a brick and mortar business that happens to have 18 wheels and that this is a serious decision to get into business. And if you don't have business skills, you will not make it because 95% of people who do this for the first time end up in failure and failure in this business can be very devastating to your, your, your financial life, your home life, um, it, 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 it had, it, it has serious repercussions and we're just giving people an alternative way of doing it. A lot of people don't agree with what we do and that's fine. I mean, we're not, it's not, we're not, we tell everybody we're not, we spend more time in an interview telling people not to do this than, than we do to do it, you know? And, um, but the ones who, per, who, you know, who, uh, proceed to convince us that they want to give it a shot, we're a hundred percent behind them. And we will do everything in our power to make them uh, be successful or help them be successful. We can't make them, but we can certainly show them how. So these weekends, as much as I dread coming to West Virginia and staying up here for three or four days, I really, really enjoy it because it gives us a chance to start on this path with new people and show them the way of the lunatics and, uh, and, and watch the, just watch the excitement in their face. And then just like today, the guys that were here today, they've, 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 they have conquered the first 12 weeks and that's what gets most people because they got to deal with that guy for 12 weeks and his big foot, you know? So if they, if they get through the first 12 weeks, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they're probably going to make it. And so it was very exciting today to have Travis and Michael here. Great guys. They're going to be great owner operators. It's just a matter of time for them to pick up all the things that they need to do. So congratulations, Travis and Michael, for, for the, 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 um, you know, the um, accomplishment of making it this far. We look forward to Greg and, and Alexander tomorrow joining the family. And um, 
little recruiting message here. We do still have two trucks that we'll have available in the next 30 days. The process of getting on here and with Landstar is about a three, four, five, six week process. So by the time you get the qualified, gauntlet. the gauntlet, by the time you get qualified, we'll have the trucks ready to go. So we have two openings right now. Assuming we don't, we have more people wanting to give us trucks right now than we really need. But if, uh, assume we don't bring on any more trucks between now and, you know, by the way, Joshua, um, Joshua got a couple of settlements today that I'm sure he's happy about. So Joshua's one of our new truck owners has two trucks in the fleet. Uh, and I see that he's watching. So I don't know if you're, if you're on the slope, Joshua, or if you're home, but anyway, congratulations on a couple of nice weeks here. So, um, anyway, get, reach out to us. Uh, drive for us. Chris, can you put up the, the little thing? Drive for us, whatever it is. Uh, I um, sure can. You know, understand what we do here, okay? The, now, the number one thing I have to tell you is that we, we accountability is a major part of this, okay? We don't suffer fools here. <laughs> and if you're not willing to accept responsibility for the decisions you make, don't, don't waste our time or yours. You're not going to like it. If you're looking for a job, we're a horrible job. You're going to hate working here as a job. If you're looking for the education, if you're here for the education and you're okay with uh, making pretty good money while you're learning, this is a great opportunity to learn business. I've got, I've been in business since 1977. Okay. I try to tell you everything I know in the next 18 months that I've learned in 70 and 50 years of business. Chris has been driving a truck for 25 years. A lot of those years as owner operator. He's gone through some ups and downs. So he can, you know, he passionately can share with you the pains of failure. And that's what we're trying to avoid for you is not to have you make the same mistakes that we have made. So we, um, we welcome you. We welcome you to, to check out what we do. You know, some of our social media, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of stir things up, but, but that's for effect. You know, we, the, the, the we get more attention with, it's so things. much, it's so much fun and, it, and it's comic relief for, for us for, for a way. But, and we still, when, when I say we don't hire truck drivers, I understand. So I'm stereotyping that truck driver stereotype, you know, and that's what we're trying not to do. not try. We're not going to develop that because we teach people that it's not about you. It's about serving a customer. And as long as you serve a customer, you'll never have to worry about where your next dollar is coming from. 100%. The people that have to worry about that are people that only serve themselves. And we show that, that there's a different way of doing it. You don't have to be the truck driver that's slow rolling around Indianapolis, okay, and protesting <laughs> in Washington, D.C., and wanting brokers to give up half their income because you can't run your business worth the crap. That's, yeah. that's not what we teach here, okay? So um, anyway, that's my recruiting message. Uh, we've been a long time. It's, um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, we have the same kind of people every Friday night. We appreciate you. Uh, we get a lot of, people I mean, I, I could go three hours on the podcast if I had a catheter, but <laughs> you know, uh, it just about this two hour and 10 minute mark, or I start struggling. Or if we could get bourbon in an IV, I could probably do it, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, listen, guys, thanks. Listen, uh, look at the event, August 19th and 20th. It's a Saturday and Sunday. Um, come to West Virginia. You, look, you can get a load out here, and uh, and you can spend the weekend with us. If you need some work done to your truck, uh, Rocky's already said he's going to try to work it out to be here. So 
that's a big plus when you come here and get an MD alignment right here and all the things that go with and all Rocky's knowledge. Rocky, you don't know this yet, but we're going to have you also not just be greasy. We're going to have you teach some uh, inside in the classroom this year. So, um, you know, we got a lot of things that, that uh, you know, in store for you that are going to be different than what we've done in the past few years uh, at this particular event. So we expect it to be a big crowd. Jump on it now. We, we will sell out, I'm sure. So uh, get in here and get your seat early. There is a discount for the second person from the same family or the second person from the same truck if you're a team. There is a discount. There are also a $100 discount if you jump on this and get the early bird special. And, and that we, we have can, a discount on the hotel room. We do. We have a special rate with the hotel room. And then it's even discount. There's an early bird rate on the hotel room of 99 bucks. After the early bird discount, tell it goes to 109. And listen, I know y'all are thinking, <clears throat> this is West Virginia. How good can this hotel be? Y'all, I'm telling it's you. Amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's awesome. They and and they treat us so well here. You know, they listen. Well, I, I, I can't say too much about that. They provide a lot of what we get uh, in terms of facility for this event. They uh, they they sponsor it, um, and of course, all they get out of this is just the rooms. You know, so you know we would like for you obviously for you to come. I mean, if if money's an issue and you have to sleep in your truck, that's fine. You can park outside. But if you yeah, uh, if you can, parking. we have truck parking. And if, but if you can come and stay in a hotel and, 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 um, you know, give them a little of your business, we appreciate that because they are underwriting a lot of the costs, the expense of putting this on. And we really, really appreciate the Wyndham people, Michael Moses, Christy, we really appreciate you guys supporting us this way. So, all right. If we don't have any more questions, Christy, anything else you see that we and answer? I, or? I don't believe so. I mean, other than Leon keeps, bless his heart, he keeps commenting about how we need to hire people from Washington. Brother, you can move. You know, there's 47 we, other states for Leon, you to live in. Leon, we could bring in your program as long as you never want to see your family. If you that's don't want to go If that's home, not an issue for you, come on, come brother. Come on in, brother. Or I will present this to you. If you want to park your truck in Kansas City or Indianapolis or here, and fly home, you're more than welcome to come here. We just do not want to mislead you and make you think you're going to come here and be happy by never seeing your family. Because we will not, you cannot take the truck to Washington, D.C. Or Washington State, I mean. Yeah. Because there's no freight. And there's certainly not a freight back. And uh, we're just not going not to do that. So and we love you. We'd love you to be in the program. But you, you, you're going to have to do something about where you live. So, Or you're going to have to commute. Now, look, commute's not the end of the world, okay? I commuted for, when I did the FedEx thing in Indianapolis for four and a half years, I commuted from Lexington. I drove my personal vehicle every week up to Indianapolis and started my clock up there now. Which, which is a miracle in itself. I rode in that pickup truck, and that's a miracle in itself that for four and a half years he made it back and forth. See what I put up Let's, there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You, you see what I deal with y'all, Listen, y'all grow y'all need, I need. I need a GoFundMe page for putting up with his ass, okay? <laughs> listen, y'all Can go, you give me a QR a code up there? Y'all got to love this. Story. I need a QR okay. code for bourbon. Y'all remember, send me bourbon. Y'all remember, okay? Think about this. It's 2018. It's January. I have made this post on Facebook that I didn't think it was going to go anywhere, and he sees it. We have a phone conversation, and I and I just remember from that phone conversation, this is a businessman. This is not one of these fly-by-night, hey, I've got an extra truck, why don't you come drive it? I knew there was something different and special about him. 
So we met in Moorhead, introduced the wife, got on board. I go to Indianapolis. My cousin drives me up there, drops me off. I get in this 2002. One. 2001. With 275,000 miles on it. It's 2001. Silverado with 200. The, the cab corners are just gone. They've left the chat. Okay. And we're driving around. He's like, hey, man, I got to take you to this restaurant. I'm like, okay. So we go to this restaurant. Well, he leaves the damn thing running. Right. Locks the, key. the engine is running. We get, we go to Walmart. We go to this restaurant. And if, it, if you understand 2001 Chevrolet, you'll know why I left it running. <laughs> Because it has that security right. system. If you shut it and off, shut it, it, may it not might not start, start back. And you have to wait 15 minutes so to get charged. I just I'm let it run. Okay. So excited for this opportunity to learn from this 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 seasoned businessman. And we're leaving this son of a bitch running everywhere we go because he's like, Well, listen, if I don't leave it running, it may not start again. And I'm like, but how much does it cost really to fix this? And he's like, fifteen hundred dollars. And I'm like, okay, well, let's maybe let's pay the fifteen hundred bucks and get the damn thing fixed. And he's wow. like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to spend fifteen hundred dollars when I can just leave it running. I'm like, but what if you come out of the restaurant and it's gone? He's like, it's a five thousand dollar truck that I paid for with winnings from Las Vegas. Who gives a shit? And I'm exactly going, exactly right. And I'm going, okay. And it's insured, so steal the son of a bitch. I don't care. Y'all, y'all couldn't even dream what the first three or four days with Larry Long was like. So then, real quick before we end, so now we're walking around. Were we in Walmart or a Lowe's or something? I think we were, we're Walmart, Walmart buying supplies for the truck. We're in Walmart, right? He gives me a, he hooks me up with a staff account, and of course he's just told me that his dedicated run has just fallen apart. And I'm, you're, listen, I'm man, my FedEx dedicated. I put this together. So he would have steady income. I worked my yeah. ass off, pulled Which, all of my strings. 100%, as much as I hate dedicated freight, I'm like, this is doubling my income. This is going to keep me from getting foreclosed on. I will shut and my I mouth. Don't have, and I don't have to dispatch the son of a bitch. That's really what I I will shut my mouth and do whatever you tell me if you'll just keep me from getting If only you would on. do that now. Well, I hate that for you. <laughs> that, and he says, that, and he that says. That horse is out of the barn, didn't he? He says. He says, uh, he says, listen, man, I'm, I'm sorry. This thing's falling apart. I'm going to have to let you run the board. And I'm like, you bet your sweet ass, old man. Watch this. So by the time we leave oh, Walmart. Man. Oh, man. Okay. By the time we leave Walmart, I've got like four loads booked. I actually booked too many. And I think it was that old girl from 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 northern kentucky that we oh about yeah yeah i can't say her name but right. i hear you're talking about but i had booked i had booked a load with her and then i went okay maybe i've overbooked myself and maybe. i called her back and i'm like yeah so so i i got a little carried away i'm not gonna be able to do this load she was mad at me but she spent the last five years being mad at me so anyway but i had like like nine thousand dollars worth of freight booked in 20 minutes and he was like well, okay. Guys, he wore me out going to the bank. <laughs> Damn, he, he made at 25%. Oh, he made 90 grand in eight months. $90,000. And he never made that much as a, as a BCO Hell ever. No, I didn't. My best year as a BCO was 75 7. He, that, that truck, he wore that truck out, me driving to the bank bank for making deposit every day. You know, I still have that truck, by the way. <laughs> Sitting in but my you just got, you got to understand the impression. Which, 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 even at the time, I got to admit, I kind of respected. I'm like, well, damn, he's got a 2001 Chevrolet that we're going to leave running in the Walmart parking lot. 
because he's done the math and decided that fuck it, $1,500 to fix it ain't worth it. If somebody steals a damn thing, I'm like, hell, I can respect it. It's you know? just, it's just a fucking pickup truck, you know, that he, that he paid for with winnings from blackjack. Right. That's true. Okay. I, 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 I have to admit that that's true. So anyway, um, Okay. I'm surprised you remember that. Hey, there's a question here I, I think we need to really answer because this comes up a lot and we don't really address it as much as we should. Uh, it's something about being an owner-operator. Do you guys accept current owner-operators who are doing okay but want to learn to do way better? Yes and no. First of all, if you're not, if, if, if you want us to be able to really, really give you what we do, you have to be at Landstar. That's our network. That's what we do. We create people, we create very successful people in the Landstar system. Now, if you're not at Landstar and you want financial or you want business consulting, I will consider that, but you've got a pretty hard sell in your hands. Mm -hmm. But if you're at Landstar, a BCO, and you want us to help you, we can do that. Now, there are two ways we can do this, okay? You say you're an owner-op. I'm assuming that you've got your own authority. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But there's two ways we can help you. One is we can mentor you. We can sign a consulting contract and we will work with you as, on a consulting basis. That's fee-based, okay? If you want Chris to dispatch you in your, at Landstar, that's percentage-based. Now, the other way is you can put your truck on at Landstar through us. You can lease your truck to me and we'll put it on with Landstar and you'll get paid as the truck owner and you'll also get paid as a W-2 employee of Blue Ribbon to drive the truck. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to yeah. do this because you're immersed in the program and you're going to get everything that we do for everybody else. The, both ways work, but I have to be honest with you. Doing the immersion is going to give you, because you, you're going to get 100% of our attention. As a mentoring client, you're going to get our attention, but it's going to be a phone call. And it's going to be as our, on, our, on our availability. So either one of those works, but if you're, uh, if you really, really want to learn this system as an owner operator, bring your truck and we can talk about this more. You can reach out to us. What's the website, Chris? BlueRibbonLogistics.com slash conference. Right. Right. So yes, own authority. So yeah, that's, that's problematic because you can't be at Landstar and have your own authority active. You're going to have to put that in, uh, in, uh, whatever you call it. Um, you got to park it for a little bit. And bring the truck here. But we can talk about that if you're interested. Where do you live, Mr. Built, Spilly Built? Where do you live? Well, we'll find that. We'll find that out when he goes to blueribbonlogistics.com slash conference and fills out the form. Listen, y'all, two hours and 21 minutes in. I love y'all, but my eyeballs are floating. I need to go to the bathroom and then back to the bar. We will be live again with you next Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, for another fun-filled, fact-filled, entertaining episode of the Blue Ribbon Podcast. I hope that y'all will be safe and be profitable over the next seven days as we continue. But if I don't go to the bathroom, I'm going to have a very, very serious issue on my hand. True that. Adios. Reach out to us, Spilly Bill. Out. Reach out to us. We'll talk to you. Good night, everybody. Be safe. See you next week. Thank you. See y'all. Good night.